What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome to our Spooktober special number three. We are pounding through these, Broke. We sure are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this week we are joined with our good friend Chuck from Chuck Goes to the Movies for his second guest appearance on our show. Welcome back, Chuck. I, I just realized I'm cheesing for the camera and nobody's going to see this except for you two. <laughs> uh, hey guys, I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Thank That's you for amazing. having me. <laughs> You're just I playing the part. I, seriously, I almost... I'm, I'm like sitting here just smiling away and I'm just like, okay, now Brooke and Mark think I'm an idiot, you know? <laughs> I was almost going to do your intro. Seeing as how you thought you were hosting tonight. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just absentmindedly I'm like, oh, I'm in Zoom. I was testing out my new little camera or my light here, and I'm just like, oh, let me send the invite while I'm here. My bad. <laughs> Not your show tonight. <laughs> Not Chuck. mine, y'all show. Y'all take it away. All right. Uh, do you want to introduce what movies we're talking about tonight, Chuck? Sure. We are talking about the Evil Dead 2, which I've got a lot of thoughts and opinions on, and we are talking about The Evil Dead 2013. Excellent. Yes. I'm so excited. And why are we doing these two? Well, I've, like, we'll, we'll obviously talk about The Evil Dead original. Just We already covered it in an episode, so I thought, you know, we're obviously going to talk about the first Evil Dead because we're comparing sequels, but I thought it'd be a good discussion to do the second one as well um yeah. seeing how chuck i don't think you've seen evil dead 2 today was the first day i saw it yes yes so and if i'm going to be honest this is the first time i've watched it the entire way through all right so i tried watching it a few years ago and i could not get past the first 30 minutes or so <laughs> of it <laughs> A little bit of a struggle, but you know, I, you, I, you got to appreciate what they were trying to do with this movie. I know we'll dive into this a little bit more later, but you know, it, I think it's good that we can sit here and talk about Evil Dead Two and um, Evil Dead Two Thousand Thirteen. It's kind of hard to compare the two movies, but you can kind of sit there and think of Evil Dead Two as like almost, almost an unofficial remake slash reboot of the evil dead because they did have to kind of recreate the uh, the story at the beginning of evil dead 2 to bring you into where you needed to be for the remainder of the movie so yeah 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 i found it kind of odd how they did it but um my first time watching it was back right after we did our episode on the evil dead um okay. Because I'd never seen it before. Like, I'd seen Army of Darkness multiple times, and I'd seen the first one multiple times, but I just never watched that movie in between for whatever stupid reason. But, uh, yeah, Brooke, I almost... Well, I told you about it whenever I watched it that first time. Like, I wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll dive deeper into it as we go on. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chuck, do you want to take a second? I know you've been on our podcast before but if you want to take a second and just kind of pitch your own podcast while you're here for any new listeners absolutely so my podcast is called chuck goes to the movies and we talk about different films or filmmakers that impact our lives or influence our love for other movies and uh, right now i'm kind of in the middle of my own little horror special i mean it's october why not um yeah so we're calling it chuck goes horror i've done tucker and evil versus 
Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Nice little Canadian film. Shout out to Canada. <laughs> um, I've done... Uh, crap, I've already forgotten what else I've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Midsummer. I just released that one this last week. And yeah. um, I've got uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, kind of little study, little discussion coming out <laughs> uh, soon. And then... I'm going to sell out and we're going to end the Chuck Goes Horror series with Scream. Oh, that's not what I was expecting you to say. No, no. But I, I, like I said, I kind of feel like it's a sellout thing because everybody talks about Scream. But if we're going to be. Oh, y'all haven't yet. That's very true. Um, (laughs) But I mean, uh, the reason I wanted to do it and the reason I saved it for the last uh, one in October is that uh, Scream is what really got me into it. I've been watching horror movies up before that, but Scream was the one that really just solidified my love for horror movies. So we're just going to talk about the whole franchise, not nice, the TV nice. show, not the TV show. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we do on the show. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and then you can find the show on all major platforms. And uh, Chuck goes to the movies, guys. Awesome. And it's a very good podcast, so if you guys haven't listened to it, make sure you do. Um, All right, you guys want to start talking about these fucking movies? Yeah, just I got to do one thing real quick. Um, I'm just going to crack this beer. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot I didn't wait for you. I didn't wait either, but what are you drinking tonight, Brooke? I am drinking a uh, Great Lakes Brewery. Hazel Mama, New England I- Mama. New England IPA. Interesting. Yes. Okay. How is it? It's uh, very tasty. <laughs> Excellent. It's pretty bitter, but I like it. <laughs> bitter like you? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. What about uh, you guys? Uh, well, I am drinking something from state of brewing in i have no idea how to say that name wisconsin uh what what wanaki wisconsin yeah there you go uh, that's catchy very catchy and then uh it's actually called breckenbach beer and the reason i got it is that this is actually my son's name brecken yeah, I was gonna ask that. So yeah, yeah. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I gotta have it, and it's really not that bad. Nice. It's like a little. Uh, it's a Bach. Really can't go wrong with that. Perfect. I'm drinking a beer that I always drink around Halloween. It's from uh, Big Rig Brewery, which is not too far from us, and it's called Tales from the Pumpkin Patch. Ooh. That's a big it can. Is a very, it is a very good That's one. That's a big rig can. It is good. <laughs> it's uh, It's got a subtle hint of pumpkin mm-hmm. in it. I'm pretty sure the can glows in the dark, if I remember correctly. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's kick-ass. Yeah. All right, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs>
Okay, so we'll start off with the movie synopses. I think that's plural for synopsis, is it not? Synopses. It sounds mm-hmm. good enough. Sure. I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> uh, starting off with uh, Evil Dead 2. The lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh-possessing spirits holds up in a cabin with a group of strangers while the demons continue their attack. So they make it sound like it's a direct sequel to the original rather than how they kind of revamped the starting of it. Yeah. That's what I find from this. I'll admit, I read the synopsis before actually watching the movie, so it completely threw me off when I started watching the movie. I was like, am I watching the correct movie here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does throw you off, because they, they completely changed it around to where Ash is going by himself like with a, with a girlfriend. Yeah. All the other characters aren't there. Yeah, I don't know how necessary it was to do that. They said they wanted to just kind of uh, remind everybody why they were there, and I'm like, well... That's not reminding people why they were there. That's just completely reinventing why they were there. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, and the synopsis for the Evil Dead remake, five friends head to a remote cabin where the discovery of a book of the dead leads them to unwittingly summon up up demons living in the nearby woods. So this is basically like the exact same synopsis that you would have for the original Evil Dead. Even though this one is a little bit, this movie is a, takes a different turn than than the original does for sure. Yes, definitely. All right. So, if you guys don't know, the director of Evil Dead Two was uh, Sam Raimi. Um, we've done a few of his movies already, so I'm not going to go through his movie list again. I mean, I'm running out of ideas on what to talk about with him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So if you don't know Sam Raimi, just go on IMDb and search him, yeah. and I guarantee you'll know some of his movies at least. Yeah. I think we talked about this the last time I was on for Dead Silence, but I really Probably. I really do love Drag Me to Hell. Hell. And Brooke, I think you're the one who didn't, right? Uh, yeah, I did not like that. Uh, no. I thought that was a great I Sam Raimi it. film. Yeah. I hated it the first time I watched it, and then this time for the podcast, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Yeah. You go into uh, it like knowing what to expect, and it makes it a lot different of a of an experience. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Um, Chuck, what are you? What are some of your favorite Sam Raimi movies? Oh goodness, off the top of your off the top of your head, Spider Man. No, um, <laughs> uh, oh, I do love Drag Me to Hell. Um, I do like the original Evil Dead. I really don't have a lot of favorite Sam Raimi films. I mean, he's done quite a few good ones out there but do i do i sit there and stop what i'm doing and be like oh i need to watch the sam raimi film now no yeah yeah fair enough i guess i can credit him for evil dead 2013 he was a producer on it even though he didn't direct it can i can yeah. i credit him for that because I do love, I love this that. remake. I think that I'm watching. Sorry, if I know y'all can see me, I'm pointing at my TV screen right now because I'm watching it. <laughs> but uh, um, I love this remake. It just it completely blew me away. I, I can't wait to talk about it when we actually get to that point there. So uh, yeah. Sam Raimi, thank you for making this remake happen. <laughs> All right. Sorry. No. 
I was looking up his movie list to see if I could answer that question, but I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Chuck. Yeah. Like for directing credits, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the evil dead, uh, that's about walls. The Spider-Man trilogy dragged me to hell. Well, don't forget dark man either. Yeah. Well, dark man, he was a writer on, I don't think he directed, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh no, I'm lying to you. He did direct it. Sorry. I didn't hate Oz the Great and Powerful. I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I gotta remember if I even watched. Is that wait? Oh yeah, yeah. He did Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, yeah he directed yeah. that one. Oh, that, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was alright. Yeah, it wasn't too. bad. Yeah. yeah. James Franco. Yeah, you just gotta get kind of right. get beyond that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the remake was directed by a pretty little-known director named uh, um, Fede Alvarez. I don't know if it's F-E-D-E. I'm assuming that's Fede or Feed. I don't know. His birth name <laughs> but... is Feder- uh, Federico, if that makes it easier for you. Oh, okay. Perfect. Oh. Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to go look it up because I wanted to know more about this guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's done the movie Don't Breathe, which was good. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. Um, he did the movie The Girl in the Spider's Web, which I haven't seen, but it's part of the, the Girls of Dragon Tattoo series. Yeah. Um, and then he did a bunch of Spanish short films and one episode of From Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. And that's pretty much all he's done. But uh I think he, I think Don't Breathe 2 is something that I saw in his mm-hmm. uh, pre production or post production. So he's got that coming out. I really wish I saw an Evil Dead 2 on this credits list, but it doesn't seem like yeah. that's happening yet. They left it open for a sequel, so. Oh, definitely. Knows? Yeah. He does have quite a bit of uh, movies in development that I see here. Yeah. Um, like six of them. So it's pretty exciting. And he's been on a short list of uh, different uh, films to direct. Uh, He was uh, considered for replacing Ben Affleck for The Batman. Uh, Matt Reeves ended up up taking that one. He was approached by Marvel Studios to direct an unspecified movie, but he chose to uh, say no. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Something who, here who turns down Marvel. Well, <laughs> something here about how uh, he was concerned he would have little creative control over it, and given that it's Marvel and they're very, very <sighs> anal about making sure everything meshes as well as it can. Yeah, yeah he he wouldn't be able to create a mo- movie that's his own. Basically, it would have to mesh with everything else. Fair mm-hmm. enough, but I mean, you know, it's going to be hit in the box office just because it has Marvel's name on it, basically. If there ever is another box office in the future. If I had to guess, around the time they said that he was approached by, for this Marvel movie, I'm going to have to say, I'm, my guess is, it was going to be um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, because that one's going to have a lot of horror elements that they're talking about. Oh, I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah. yeah they basically said it's going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, you meant Doctor Strange, the original one. Yeah, Doctor Strange, the that's the one I think oh. he was approached for, but he might have walked away oh, okay. from. I was just looking at the timeline of when that happened, and that's the one that makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I thought you were talking about the sequel. Sorry. No, no. I, even this, even the first one had some horror elements to it. It was funny, but. All right. Um, moving on to the cast. So in the original, well, in The Walking, or Jesus, The Walking <laughs> Dead, <laughs> The Evil Dead Two, uh, we obviously have Bruce Campbell starring as Ash, and uh, this is his third movie that we've done. So I'm not going to dive too much into him again. Uh, you don't know who he is then imdb is your friend <laughs> uh besides him though like everybody else that's in this movie is v- like very mediocre and little known um like next up on the on the billing was sarah barry and she played annie and her only credits are this movie and chud too and if you've <laughs> seen chud then you know it, it shouldn't have had a chud too um next up is dan hicks and he played jake so he's from dark man which is interesting because that's another sam raimi movie uh he was also in intruder and he was in maniac cop which is interesting because bruce campbell starred in that movie yep so dan hicks and sam raimi and bruce campbell kind of have like a little love triangle going on i see that and uh, yeah, unfortunately, Dan Hicks passed away in June of this year. I saw on his page. Yeah, I just saw that too. He has a familiar face. Like I don't know if it's from Maniac Cop because I just watched it not too long ago, but he does look really familiar. <clears throat> um, next up is Casey Wesley De Paiva. She played Bobby Joe, and she is a soap opera star. She's been in like every fucking soap opera ever made ever made by the looks of it she was um, very dramatic in this film very yeah yeah kidding. she has the tellings of a soap opera star for sure and lastly on my list is uh richard domier and uh he played ed so he's known for teen wolf die hard 2 girl interrupted and probably the highlight of his career he is now a host on the shopping channel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, that was I would funny. buy something from him. I see that. Yeah, I probably would too. <laughs> he seems like a good salesman. Yeah. But yeah, um, I picked five for both movies because I mean, normally I don't have a list this long, but I mean, all five of them are probably considered main characters in a sense. Like they all have a lot of screen time. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do have a fun little casting thing for this movie, though. Uh, Please. Ted Raimi was in this yeah. film. Yeah. He played he uh, the possessed Henry Henrietta Nobi. Yeah. Nobby, Nobi. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Ted and uh, Sam have a lot of projects together, too. And Ted and Bruce Campbell do, too, actually. Because Ted was in Dragging Me to Hell, too, I think, wasn't he? Yes. Didn't he have a small cameo in that? Yes, he did. I, I can't I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he did. Yeah. All right, and the cast list for the remake. Um, probably a lot more familiar faces in this one. They kind of, I don't want to say they went all out on the billing, but, I mean, they definitely brought in some familiar faces and some heavy hitters. Yeah. Uh, starting off with Jane Levy. She played Mia, and she is in Shameless for, I think, maybe 
10 to 15 episodes. I can't remember exactly how many. Um, and then she was the main character in the show Suburg- Suburgatory, which I've never watched, but I've heard it's decent if you like teen shit. Uh, she was also in Don't Breathe. She was in Castle Rock. And she was in a movie that, Brooke, you and I just talked about, not for our episode, but during one of our episodes. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I completely forgot she was in that one. Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. I forgot she was in Shameless, too, because she had blonde hair and Shameless, and in this she had, uh, like, darker hair. So she looked a little different. Yeah, same with Castle Rock. Who was Mm -hmm. she in Shameless? She was... uh, Oh, fuck. What's his name? She played one of the girlfriends of um, the the main brother there. Oh, Lip? Yeah. I wanted to say Mouse, but that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very Goonies yeah. of you. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think she had, like, black hair and had, like, tattoos and shit, I think. Her character. Oh, did, did she play... Um... It's what's uh, his face's uh, Mandy? Thank you. Played yeah. what's his face's sister. Oh yeah, she did have black hair in that one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Cool, cool. Didn't recognize I was her. She was the blonde-haired girlfriend. No, that that was somebody else. Uh, Karen. Yeah. Is that what her name was? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's been a long time. Uh, anyways, next up is uh, Shiloh Fernandez. Excuse me, and he played David, and he's in Red Riding Hood the horror movie a movie called the east which i've i really enjoyed it's a good good movie um we are your friends which came out maybe four or five years ago and uh cadillac records which is a classic movie and next up is lou taylor pucci and he played eric um he was in the tv show you in the first season he played benji um, he was in Thumbsucker, Spring, um, American Horror Story. One of the seasons I didn't watch because it's one of the newer ones, so I'm not sure which season it was that he was in. I don't know if you guys know or not. No, I haven't really watched that show too much, to be honest. I'm looking right now. Uh, oh, he was in 1984. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, I never watched that. Horrible. I was so stoked for it too because I'm a huge slasher fan. And then I watched the first episode and then I read some reviews and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking bypass this one. I didn't even finish the season. It just got so stupid. Yeah. Damn. I found that whole series did. Like after the first, like, what, three seasons, maybe it really took a downhill I've, swing. <clears throat> I feel like I'm the only person that I've talked to who actually liked Apocalypse the season before 1984. Because I really liked how they brought all the former, not all the former seasons, but a lot of the former seasons together. And they, you realize how all the stories interconnected finally. Yeah, I never finished that one either. So I'm, maybe I have to revisit oh, that then. Go back and revisit. The beginning of the season is very, very slow. But then once it finally, uh, once uh, Coven, so the witches from the uh, season three come into it, it yeah. gets so much better. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to check that out then. Uh, next up is Jessica Lewis. She played Olivia. Chuck, you might re- recognize her. Yes, we dated. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was in Cloverfield. Yes, yeah, she was. She was in Cloverfield. 
that's too funny. Um, she was also in the Covenant when she was much younger. Um, Pompeii, and she's been in like a shit ton of episodes of Gotham. I uh, I knew I should have wrote down who she plays in that, but she I can't played remember. Tabitha. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she did play Tabitha. And then she was also in her first movie was back in 2006. The only reason I know this is because I used to have this huge crush on Amanda Bynes. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs now. But uh, <laughs> she was in that movie, She's the Man. And she played the role of Yvonne oh. in that movie. So, Okay. I'd like to say I'll go and revisit that, but I'm probably not going to. <laughs> now, if you... If you Unless you really just enjoy seeing a really young Amanda Bynes before she got all cracked out and uh, a really skinny-looking Channing Tatum, you really don't need to just sit down and watch that movie. <laughs> all right, and lastly on the casting, finally, is Elizabeth Blackmore. She played Natalie, who was David's girlfriend, and uh, she's, I guess, most popular for The Vampire Diaries and a few episodes of Supernatural. Other than that, I didn't really recognize anything that she was in. <clears throat> she was in an episode of Shameless, according to her resume. But no, I have not seen her in yeah. anything else. Yeah, me either. And that's it. Is there anyone else that you guys want to mention or talk about? Or I got nothing. Nothing? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't think so. No. Nobody else was worth right. mentioning. <laughs> yeah. I mean uh Bruce Campbell did make a little like cameo at the end of the the remake there. Yes. Which like that's awesome, but it's like, yeah, really necessary. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I feel like well, and like how many people even saw that scene too? You had to have waited all the way till the end of the credit. I mean, post credit scenes were are were a thing back in twenty thirteen. Um yeah. Thanks to Marvel. Yeah, but I mean, unless you were going to see a Marvel movie, you weren't l typically sticking around for the end of the credits. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah, because you're not waiting around to see what the next movie is at the end of a movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> now, even though the chances of seeing a post-credit scene is still very low in a non-Marvel movie, you're pretty much going to sit there until the end, just in case somebody wants to steal the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll wait till it shows up on YouTube and I'll watch it there. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to talk about these movies? If you yeah. insist. I do insist. I will rip your soul out, daddy. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the first time she said that. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry to all the female viewers out there. That was a little low blow. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, at least you didn't uh, say what one of the other quotes is. I was just thinking of that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so which movie are we talking about? Or are we, are we going to do this like as a back and forth style? Um, I feel like this one is going to go about as good as our rain episode did with uh, Michael. <laughs> so we pretty much talked about the newer movie the whole time and kind of shit on the other one. <laughs> Man, y'all yeah. just nailed my whole strategy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's dive into right. it. So, Evil Dead 2, the first time I watched it, like, I just did not like the whole opening of that movie. Like, I was just so confused. Like, the end of the first Evil Dead, Bruce, 
you see him leaving the cabin and gets the demon soul goes into him. And the next movie, he just comes with a new girl like he's never been there before. And it's like, okay, what the fuck? Is this will be like a sequel? Like what's... It almost feels like it's like a dream sequence. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, is he like fucked up in the woods and he's just dreaming that he showed up with like this beautiful girl and everything's going to be okay? Yeah. But yeah, but I don't know. I feel like this but opening scene just is stupid and didn't need to happen. You promised we would be together forever <laughs> it would and uh, oh but you know it did give us some comedy though i mean you you gotta love the beheaded body of linda just like dancing around out there in the woods i'm just it was yeah. so ridiculously stupid that i actually chuckle a little bit while watching it i, I don't know <laughs> if that makes me like a sadistic person or not but you know, i'm just watching it and of course you know this is the 80s and cgi was not the greatest back then uh what God, what years did this terrible. come out 87 so 87 yeah you know cgi wasn't the greatest back then they they were using a lot of practical effects so this is stop motion animation happening right here so they're doing the best they can but it just you're like it looks so awful and then why is she dancing why is she dancing in the woods yeah, yeah. she's like doing a little jig with her head and it's like what? and she's laughing the whole like, time like, ah. yeah but chuck you say you talk about like how cgi was shit back then and they had to use stop motion and blah 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 but like why why did they need for that scene to look like that to make it stop motion like you could have an actor in a bodysuit that's all done up in practical effects like movies had done it for a decade or more before this one and it looks a million times better like i feel like they that's the problem that i have with the original evil dead trilogy like they had a shitty budget obviously Mm -hmm throughout all of them I was but i mean they, they yeah they could have worked with so they could have done so much more with what they had mm-hmm. i i really do feel like it's going to come down to budget on this one because th- even though they had a slightly higher budget from what i understand than they did on the original one uh, a lot of that is thanks to stephen king uh mm-hmm. stephen king uh and the production company that made this movie um they threw more money at him. So they were able to do a little bit more, but it's also going to come down to the fact that Sam, it's Sam Raimi. I mean, unless you're, mm-hmm. you need to remove Spider-Man trilogy from his like little resume of films, because that was always going to be CGI heavy, no matter what he tried to yeah. use practical effects mm-hmm. everywhere he could, but it was going to always be CGI heavy. But Sam Raimi, even in his um, later movies loves using practical effects we saw it a lot during drag me to hell uh not a whole lot of cgi there um so i guess in his mind he had seen this as ash buried the beheaded body of his girlfriend linda and apparently within just a matter of hours her body decayed enough to where you know (laughs) skin and muscles like hanging off and gone and shit so that's what i think he was really trying to go for and you can't achieve that with an actress in a bodysuit or anything like that so you've got to have this kind of model skeleton thing and you're going to use that uh stop animation process in order to achieve what you want if you're going to go for that practical effect so Mm -hmm. back then you know great i'm sure it looked amazing 
on the big screen and stuff like that. They didn't have high def back then. Me, this morning yes. when I'm watching it, I went and bought it on Amazon for five bucks for, and I bought the UHD version of it. And in UHD, it looks awful. It looks so yeah. freaking cheesy. <laughs> So sudden, that's just one of those things. uh, We talk about this a lot on my show It's one of those things that doesn't um, age very well as practical effects, especially when you start taking into the times and how technology has changed. We got 4k. uh, Hell, we got 8k TVs happening now and stuff like that. So (laughs) you've got this clarity that they didn't even dream of in 1987. So I'm sure Sam Raimi at that time was sitting there like, oh, I wonder how this is going to look in 2020. I need to make sure this looks good. No, he wasn't thinking that. He was like, how do I make this look good for 1987? And how can I achieve what I'm looking for? And of course, this is a horror comedy. So having her dance around and having it look a little cheesy, he definitely achieved it there. Yeah, that's that's one thing I was going to say about like with this trilogy is they rely too heavily on the comedic factor, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just comes off as like like schlocky and slapsticky. Exactly. When I'm watching a movie that's titled Evil Dead, I want to be scared. <clears throat> I want to be sitting there like I want to throw up from what I'm watching. That's what that's what 2013. <laughs> I want the yeah, I want the remake. I want to yeah. 2013's Evil Dead was the Evil Dead we deserved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's in my opinion like top 3 best remakes of all time. Absolutely. And I will fight yeah. to the grave <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm sure you won't get a lot of fighters on that one. I mean, I don't think I will. Either, yeah, I mean, but, because um, out of all the remakes out there, can you really? Uh, so what? Are, what are your other two? You say top three. What are your other two? Uh, it chapter one. That's a good one. Uh, this one, and hmm, the fly maybe, or the thing, the thing from yeah. the '80s. Because that was technically a remake. That was technically a remake, yeah. Or from the 70s? Yeah. 70s. Yeah. All right, so I agree with your list. I know we're getting off topic here. Sorry. I agree with your That's list. Okay. Um, I, I'm not... I, I will definitely say uh, this movie. I will definitely say um, the thing. I really did enjoy the the nineteen eighty Kurt Russell thing. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, don't... Don't hate me. I'm not saying the original is bad, but there are things about the remake that I enjoy a little bit more. So I'm going to talk Halloween here. I love the original Halloween, okay? It is by far one of my favorite scary movies. It's one of the few that still gets me creeped out. But what I love about Rob Zombie's Halloween is the fact that he gave me the backstory that I was looking for. I wanted more of what, why Mike Myers what. Sorry, not the actor. Michael Myers. Why Michael Myers <laughs> was the way he was. And that's what I got in the Rob Zombie film, which makes it a very good, solid remake. Now, I should go back and I guess correct myself. That's not better than the original. Nothing's going to ever top the original, but I'm going to put it mm-hmm. I'm going to put it right up there on the same yeah. level as the original. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid like, remake. Yeah, you're, you're on the right podcast to say that because I think both me and Mark both do enjoy the remake of Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. I, but I probably like, made I'll, I'll enemies watch... somewhere else in the horror community. I have no idea. <laughs> no, and like I personally don't understand the hate that, that movie gets at all. Like I, I honestly don't get it. Like if you sit down and watch it, it's a great movie. It's a beautiful movie. Very well done. Um, 
tasteful for a Rob Zombie film. And I, yeah, that's yeah. such a weird word to use for it. But if you compare it to his other ones, like Devil's Rejects, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, things like that, this is very tastefully done for a remake. Now, the sequel, Halloween 2, was just, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but I love, I know we're getting off topic, but whatever. Um, <laughs> The one thing that I like, I love in the Rob Zombie remake too, is they make Michael a human. Yes. Like you can see mm-hmm. at the end that he, like they talked about it in the horror movie crew podcast with their Rob Zombie mm-hmm. episode. They, you see towards the end of the movie, like Michael kneels down in front of, um, in front of uh, Lori. And like he has, like you can tell he has a heart, like he has feelings for this girl, whatever those feelings are. Like she's his sister, but she doesn't know like what the fuck's going on. But like he's there to protect her is what it seems like. And like he has that emotional connection with her. Yeah. The the Michael Myers from the originals, he he's just like a soulless guy in a fucking William Shatner mask killing people. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like Doctor Loomis says, you know, he's like he's just an animal. He's He's yeah. got no soul. Yeah. And I like you said, I love the backstory too. Like that we have some sort of idea of where he comes from and what kind of caused this psychotic behavior. Yeah, I mean, because with the original Halloween, all you do, all you see, you don't ever actually see him. You just see the camera putting on a mask. The camera's pretending to be Michael Myers. He picks up a knife and he goes to town. Like, why? Where's the motivation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think so we talked about yeah. Oh, were you gonna oh, say? I was gonna say we talked about the opening scene for Evil Dead Two. Mm-hmm. How about that opening for the remake? Love it. Yeah, amazing. It's so good, man. It, it captures like they have you. That... It just brings you into the movie, and you are just you are there for the remainder oh. of the ride. Yeah, it sets the tone for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like apart from the the original Evil Dead, they don't really have any backstory on the videotape they find in the basement. It's just they start this recording and then you know this voices come up. But this one, you get the backstory of like why this book was made and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they have that girl, like the the redneck grabs her, and they tie her up to this like post inside the the cabin, the basement. And it's her father that's doing the killing of her, like pours the gas over her head. And then she's like pleading with him and pleading with him. And like, you almost feel sorry for her. And then like, there is zero transition whatsoever. She's just like pleading with her father. And then out of nowhere, I will rip your soul out, daddy. And it's just like, whoa, like where the fuck did that come from? And then he finally sets her on fire and then she just goes ape shit. You motherfucker. It's yeah. almost like Chucky in Child's Play. <laughs> yeah. The first Child's Play. Yeah. That's why I love this movie so much is it reminds me of the exorcist. Like you just hear these vulgar things mm. coming from this yeah. person and then you just don't see it coming. And you're like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. No, uh, that, I think what made that even more creepy is the fact that when she said that to her dad, it's like, I'll rip your soul out, dad. It's, she's still doing it in her sweet, innocent yeah. voice. And yeah. then that's when you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And the camera goes down to his hands again as he strikes the match. Mm-hmm. 
and then it goes up to her again There's... and her eyes are all fucked up and she's like you can tell she's possessed and that's when all hell breaks loose but yeah. okay so i don't understand this i've seen enough possession movies to know that why can't they just get the demon out of her and then like kill the demon why do they have to kill her is it too late I don't know. I'm not an exorcist, man. <laughs> That's a good question. I'm though. going to put in an email to the Vatican. I need exorcist answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Because, like, the demon in this one is, like, kind of fucking weird, too. It's like that little slithering thing. Like, is that the demon? Oh, that, that scene still... Ugh. Um yeah yeah we all know yeah yeah that's the representation of the demon what is the actual demon's name do they ever say it no they just call it demon yeah i think they just call it demon yeah they don't give it a name but uh yeah that that no sorry yeah because like that that first movie that scene was like a nine out of ten of disturbing Mm -hmm. but then this movie just like upped it even more and like oh man <laughs> it was like straight out of the movie slither mm. yeah like this thing that like crawls up her leg yeah, yeah. but that opening scene um so like, like you said Brooke, it's just it took it to a whole new level and again it just captures you it holds on to you and then you've got this dark you've got all this darkness you got fire you've got screaming going on and then it just goes to that really it goes to the title uh the title card and then that just beautiful serene scene of the woods there mm-hmm. and stuff like that then you're yeah. upside down so i really love the imagery there about how your story is about to be this story is about to be flipped on you your whole world is about to be flipped and yeah beautiful imagery there oh uh, well done that's one thing scene. i can very much so that's one thing i can say about all of these evil dead movies though is like the cinematography is really cool like even in, in the first well, the first two, how they have the camera like flying through the forest, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's and they yeah. do it in this one yeah. as well. I like they um, kept that. Like, yeah, it's really cool how they did it. Yeah, like I don't know how they would have achieved yeah. that back then if it was just somebody walking through the forest and then they sped it up. Like it was a bicycle times fifty. What they had a camera attached to the front of a bicycle, and that's where you get the scenes of the demon running through the forest. No way. Yep. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Same with I liked how whenever the demons like went back, like the fog like mm. gets sucked back into the tree. I thought that was a really cool effect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And which like because in this one, in the remake, they completely change the like you have the, the mean potatoes of the possession and all that stuff. But they change like the story in a sense where um like it changes why they're there so in the remake they're there because uh it's um mia it's mia and david's is it a family cabin yeah or they it's, her, it's her grandfather's old cabin i think yeah and they're taking all the friends are taking mia there because she's an addict yeah um and they want to put her in seclusion until she comes out of the withdrawals yeah and i they've, find they've tried before and yeah, it worked. And I love this storyline too. Like it gives yeah. them a solid purpose of being there. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely it. And I really feel like 
the this whole concept of going to this cabin in the middle of the woods is very hokey and i love the fact that the movie cabin in the woods kind of really made fun of that whole idea um but it, it, in the long run, it's very conceivable that you would want to go out to a very secluded place while somebody is going through these withdrawals. Because, I mean, this is a very intense um, moment in her life as uh, her system starts dealing with the fact that it's no longer getting what it wants. Um, mm-hmm. She has nowhere to run to. So if she leaves that cabin, where the hell is she going to go? Nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So into the swamp after she crashes. The yeah, car. into a swamp, <laughs> and then she's going to get violated by this slithering demon, and and look what that did for you, Mia. Uh, so <laughs> it's a very, very good way of really bringing that story around and making this cabin make sense. But I did have a question about this cabin too. So if this is a cabin mm-hmm. that's been in their family forever, and you can tell when they go in there that they've been visiting this cabin for years because there's pictures and things there mm-hmm. that uh, they've left behind over the years and stuff like that. Why the hell does it look like shit? Was yeah. nobody upkeeping yeah. this thing at all? That's true. It doesn't look like it. No. <laughs> so it looks like an abandoned like, cabin in the middle of the woods, but as soon as you go inside it, it looks like people have been visiting it for years, ages, decades. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because like throughout the movie, David is like kind of like fixing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unless the grandfather like passed away like five years ago, let's just say, and it's just kind of been sitting there on its own. Nobody's been there to keep it up. I don't That's know. a fair yeah. assessment. I guess I didn't think that far. Maybe I'm overthinking this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, little known fact about me, I was an addictions counselor for six years before I decided to leave that field for personal reasons. But the representation of like the addiction and the withdrawal symptoms and everything like that in this movie, I feel like they did really well. Some of them were like a little bit over the top, but I mean, I feel like Jane Levy really did a good job at um, representing what a person in severe, I think heroin, was it heroin that she was withdrawing from? Yeah. So in severe heroin withdrawals, like that's, she did a pretty good representation of what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it's good seeing like you can really see the desperation in the fam or the friends and David on trying to get her better because they've seen this countless times before, and like they know that she's gonna end up killing herself eventually through these drugs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like that's one reason why I really really enjoy this storyline by far more than the original one. Yeah, I like that. Did not know that about you. you Learn something new every day. Yeah, I've been out of it for about four years now, but awesome. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting back to the uh, the sequel, Evil Dead Two. I think one of the reasons I did not like the opening is just like the first thirty minutes, just like Bruce Campbell just like running around the house screaming crazy things to himself. Yeah, like the first movie, just you get like all the different characters and stuff like getting killed and stuff and like i did not know where the sequel is going at all and just like bruce campbell running around the house screaming and then he cuts his hand off and <laughs> just fucking chaos 
that whole laughing scene. Oh yeah, with all like the the lamps and the pictures, like fucking the deer, the deer yeah. head hanging on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, you you needed that dynamic of having the other people there. I mean, it really did look ridiculous. Him running around. Um, I didn't understand the whole hand possession scene. I I think that was literally done just to show off Bruce Campbell's comedic chops a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the just that whole sequence of him. And then when he finally chops off the hand and he's hunting the hand and everything, it just, uh, it was very difficult to watch. It was. yeah. But then once the other characters got into the movie, like that's where it finally picked up and I could actually enjoy it. Like it yeah. felt, it felt like the first evil dead. Once the other characters got into the house. Absolutely. And finally, that's when I felt like the terror started really kicking in and stuff like that. All the scary stuff, because I mean, what was it? Uh, the what's her faces? Um, parents there. So Annie, Annie. Uh, yeah. So her Annie, parents yeah, are the ones yeah. that were at that cabin with the book of the dead and stuff like that. And so, you know, she thought, uh, she and that guy who played Ed, um, thought that um ash had killed her you know killed her parents and stuff like that and then coming to those revelations about what happened to her parents uh having to see uh the possessed henrietta her mom and things like that 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 is just truly terrifying things because you know right then and there you know when she's sitting there giving any information about her birth the day she was born and things like that it snowed in september and i thought it was odd because it never snows in september you know <laughs> it's a very real feeling like if you were in that if you put yourself in annie's position would you have wanted to save your mother right then and there i'm going to say mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah yeah of course definitely which is why i would have died in this damn film <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, it, that, you're right. As soon as everybody else got there, the dynamic shifted and the horror started kicking in. There were still some comedic moments, but the horror really started kicking in on that one. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much this the second movie like foreshadowed or like led into the, the Army of Darkness because they see Ash in the, the book, like with uh, the chainsaw, you see like Castle behind like drawing. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the uh, the chosen one from the sky or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because in Army of Darkness, he falls from the sky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I wonder how much of the, the third movie they had planned out when they were making this one. It must have been, like, quite a bit. I'm almost wondering if Raimi had, like, this whole uh, trilogy planned out completely before filming it. Like, yeah. rather than finishing one movie, seeing where the next one goes kind of thing. Like, I feel like he had this whole entire story figured out, and then he just started filming it and decided to do it in three separate movies. Yeah. I think that's the, uh, I think that's the more likely scenario uh, right there. And the only reason I say that is that there was also so much time between these sequels. Um, this was 1987. Army of Darkness was 1991. That's we're talking about a four yeah. year difference here. So and if he was planting all the seeds in nineteen eighty seven, he knew exactly what he wanted to do moving forward. And I just mm-hmm. makes me wonder what took him so long to get there. Yeah. Do you think maybe he was waiting for a budget? That that could be, but I mean at this point 
I don't know. Would well, would you call Evil De- Evil Dead Two a box office failure? Uh, I don't know what they made. Uh, let's see. It looks like where am I? Box office. It had a very unimpressive weekend gross opening weekend of eight hundred and seven thousand dollars. Ouch. <laughs> So yeah, it's a flop. <laughs> so it ultimately grossed five million dollar, five point nine million dollars domestically. Uh, okay, yeah, this was a flop. So that's probably why they were waiting on a budget. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like waiting for the technology maybe to do what they wanted to do with it. Because in that one, it's a lot more of a well, like Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two are more like on scene, on location movies right like they're in a cabin for most of the time yeah whereas in army of darkness they have to go back to medieval times there's a castle there's like hundreds of thousands of people there's all of the skeletons and the monsters and shit like that that they have to worry about it's not just the deadites and like the five people that are in the cabin yeah 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 Makes sense. I don't know what the budget was on Army of Darkness, but it's probably more than the 3.6 million that they did for Evil Dead 2. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I would have to probably agree with that one. And I think also things that kind of played into it as well. I mean, uh, the original Evil Dead, uh, they wanted to give it an uh, NC-17 rating on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the blood and gore and things like that. Uh and they wanted to do the same thing to this one. It, if you notice in this one, all the blood was like different colors depending on what was happening. You know, some some of it was green, some of it was red. Uh, yeah. They did that in an effort to try to appease the MPAA and get a lower rating. They just, they wanted that R rating um, without having to cut out all the gore. Well, they ended up having to cut out some of the gore to achieve that R rating because the blood didn't matter to them. They tried to give it another NC uh 17 rating so when you when you have these higher ratings of movies especially back then your your audience is already dwindling yeah you you, you're not hitting the target you know you want that pg-13 at at least pg-13 movie uh that way you can get more people to come out and see it uh so and anything above an r you're not going to get anybody to see it and you're never going to recoup your um you know your budget back so yeah. all these factors you might become a cult classic. yes that's that's exactly it i would consider mm-hmm. the evil dead trilogy much more successful now than when it was originally released yeah yeah, yeah. definitely definitely is there any uh scenes that you want to discuss chuck let's see we already talked about the dancing linda scene uh <laughs> we already talked about the hand scene let's talk about this chainsaw hand i love this, uh, this is probably my favorite thing about the entire movie is the chainsaw hand. Yeah. yeah. It's genius. I think I think we all should be able to have tools attached to our hands, you know, <laughs> beyond Edward Scissor hands here. What, what am I going to do with scissors besides trim people's hair and trim bushes? I want a fucking chainsaw, yeah. you know? <laughs> If I need to chop, if I need to saw down a tree, great. If I need to take out some demons, awesome. I am set. So this was... yeah. I know it was meant to be funny, but I think it's actually probably the most genius thing in the entire film. Yeah. 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 I can agree with that. I like how he made like the rig too, to 
to get it oh, yeah. to fit onto his hand. And, and then he's got the little hook there that the uh, the handle to the string so he can actually yeah. start the motor and all he does is... <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. I feel like they really play in that out. Like, it wasn't just like some stupid scene where, oh my god, okay, now I have a chainsaw for a hand. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like they thought of everything. Yeah. Like, how, how are we going to keep this chainsaw on his hand? How's he going to start it? I feel like they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Other than the other two scenes that I already discussed, there's really no other scene in the or sequence in this movie that really just stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do got to say that uh, Jake from the sequel uh, did pretty good for himself, landing a pretty uh, fox like uh, Bobby Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was just like this uh, tow truck driver, and then you see Bobby Joe, like, it's like, damn. <laughs> She's a fox. Yeah. But yeah, as far as, far as any other scenes or anything like that goes, uh, just... Yeah, like, I think later into the movie, I really appreciated the special effects in it. Like, we'll just jump to, like, the ending of the movie, but, like, that demon tree that comes through the, the door... Like, I thought that looks so fucking cool. Yes. And very well done compared to the demon tree in Poltergeist. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, that that was well done. And you, I also got to appreciate what they were trying to do with the whole time travel portal thing, too. I mean, again, cheesy cheesy effects. You really can't achieve that one practically. But um, no, no. I can I can appreciate what they were doing uh there definitely as well yeah she's just got like this giant hand like coming through the the door. yeah that tree just <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know it, and the, i love the way they also achieve a lot of those effects so you know when in the scene where they've done the incantation and uh everything's kind of retreating and stuff like that so when the tree's actually leaving the house it's just the it's just the tree entering the house played in reverse and it's something yeah, so right. simple but yeah perfect and there's like a few like camera shots that they did like i forget which scene it was but i think they're all alive at this point but the camera's like it's like there's a demon going through the house but it's like very like they like zoom in on like a two by four like in the house and then like on a like, picture just like these weird like camera effects that they they do in that in that one mm-hmm. it's like the demons focusing on each object yeah 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 so let's take a minute to talk about jane levy's performance in this oh good dude like it reminds me of uh tony collette and florence Pugh, like from uh hereditary and midsummer it's it's one of those career changing performances i think yeah. And it, it's too bad that it was in a movie like this because she's not going to get the recognition for it. Not at all. Like, which is like very unfortunate because she did an unreal job in this movie. Like, yeah. whether she was possessed or whether she was going through her withdrawal symptoms or whether she was being a badass final girl at the end, like every piece of her acting was amazing. I found. Yeah. Even just her facial expressions, like when she's crawling away from the demon at the beginning and like, she just like looks back and like her eyes are wide and she just looks fucking terrified. Yeah. Yeah. She does a really great job. So I wonder 
if you know how you know how actors will sit there and they'll do research for their part like they'll submerse themselves into an area or um surround themselves with people to kind of pick up on their habits their actions how they handle things and stuff like that do you think she went as far as to talking with people who maybe had suffered from addiction to heroin and stuff like that and how withdrawals went uh, maybe talking to recovery groups, maybe even talking to a uh, counselor like you used to be, Mark. Uh, because mm-hmm. I just really feel like unless you have a personal experience with that particular thing, how do you capture that? How do you capture those emotions? How do you capture uh, and relay those feelings if you've never had a personal um, touch with it? That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see her definitely doing that. I mean, there's, there's actors that have done that with, uh, like, who was it? Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Did he not sit down and talk to people with autism to get into that character? Yeah, I think he did. And there was someone, there was another movie that was recent too. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with that. I could definitely see her doing it. It'd be interesting to see if she did or not. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. she just like you said, she she did such a. Oh, I don't want to watch Guns Akimbo. Hell no. So good. Why, why is it trying to mean? tell me to watch this right now? Because it's violent. And gory. I've only made it halfway through it. It's not that bad of a movie. Oh I just God. don't want to watch it right now. Um, <laughs> but um, it won't let me stop. Uh, Instead of a chainsaw in his hand, he's got pistols. Yeah, right. I, I do like that part. That's funny. And he's trying to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're not talking about guns akimbo. But uh, I, you're absolutely right. She just has such a wide range of emotion through this. Whether it's funny, whether she's sad, going through those withdrawal symptoms, yelling, being the badass that she is. I'm so glad they gave her the chainsaw at the end of that movie. I mean, right? she she ripped off her hand when it got crushed underneath that car. Just too bad oh, she didn't yeah. have enough time to rig that chainsaw on there. Um yeah. But and I love the I love that little homage to the original Evil Dead as well. So but she's there's a lot of them the, in, in the region. ton of them but that one oh, just yeah. because we just talked about the chainsaw hand yeah uh but just she is phenomenal <laughs> in this movie and she is the runaway star of this movie oh, she, everybody else can like pales in comparison to her yeah definitely and i just honestly i you, do you ever play the what if game and you think of like your favorite actors your favorite actresses and you're like oh would they have done good in this role would they have done good in this role or i just don't see anybody else capturing this role like she did yeah i don't know yeah i yeah that's true i mean there's obviously other actresses out there that are that could do it but after you watch her performance, it's just she's the perfect actress for this role, judging by the performances she gave. Like, there's nobody that could top it, mm-hmm. I don't think. And it's it's like, Brooke, you said you compared to Tony Collette and Florence Pugh yes. in yes. their respective movies. I can't see anybody playing Tony Collette's role in Hereditary. Yeah. She did it so perfectly. Like, who could top? That? I don't want to live in a world where anybody else played that role. No, exactly. Florence Pugh did a great job too, but 
yeah, still but, pales in comparison to Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And I had a lot to say um, about Florence Pugh's performance in Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Chuck briefly talked about this whenever you were figuring your shit out, Mark. But uh, <laughs> the way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Um, the way that uh, Eric like opens the book and then starts reading the uh, the book, it's like, dude, okay, this thing has barbed wire wrapped around it in a garbage bag, and you go through all the trouble to open it up and look at the inside. It's like human skin and blood, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna start like like a fucking child and start you know, drawing in it and like reading the letters and shit from it. It's like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? I mean, it it extremely pisses me off because I mean, has this guy never seen a horror movie in his entire life? (laughs) And then, you know, and he's a teacher. He's a teacher. Use your head. If you're going to, if you, if you have this book that's obviously been bound up, like Brooke just said, don't sit there and read or like say out loud what the hell you're reading. Jeez, amateur hour over I, there. As I was watching this scene, because I knew that this that this conversation was going to happen, I knew it. Like, would we go through this book? I feel like my dumbass would <laughs> cut the barbed wire, rip open the bag, and open up the book. Now, what I wouldn't do is what you guys are saying and figuring out the friggin' incantation that's all throughout it to summon this demon like i wouldn't go that far but i would definitely want to see what is wrapped up in barbed wire and in this garbage bag like there's no doubt in my mind i would be opening it (sighs) i I would like to say that i wouldn't but (laughs) But the practical side of me yeah i mean curiosity just (laughs) gets the better of you but i i want to say i would do it cautiously you know yeah, of course. Rip it open and stuff like that. But as soon as I start seeing Latin or whatever the hell language that was, was it Latin? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably be pig Latin. <laughs> I'd probably be like, okay, I don't know how to read this, so I'm not even going to try to, and I'd shut the book. Yeah. But you know, there's there's so many red flags. As soon as you open that book, there's drawings. Oh, there's warnings yeah, warnings, there. everything. Like immediately, that would be like, okay, I'm going to shut this. I'm going to put it back in the bag. I'm going yeah. to throw it down in that cellar. I'm going to grab everybody by the earlobe and say, we're fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's even the one that says like, okay, this is witchcraft that's happening. And then he like, yeah. opens it and reads it. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Yeah. He's kind of an idiot, but that's another thing too. Like we talked about the cabin in the woods earlier. They play on that character role so well with the idiot that decides to do this stupid shit in the cabin in the woods like they make fun of that horror trope of the person who is basically looks like shaggy from (laughs) scooby-doo in all of the movies they're the stoner they're the dumbass that that does all this stuff yeah i'm not saying that eric like he fits the the appearance of everything but he's a teacher i'm assuming he's not a stoner but nor is he an idiot but he is an idiot for doing it it's one of those things where it's like he's so he's so damn smart that the intellectual side of him just overcame his um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, fuck, I for, I lost the word. His, so his curiosity, his intellectual too. curiosity got the better of him, and his common sense. There we go. His common sense <laughs> went out the window, and. I guess you can't fault him for that because scholars will always keep digging and digging and digging until they find the answers they want or they die trying. And he's a scholar, and guess what? He died trying. I like how they snuck Sam Raimi's car into this movie, too. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, there's Sam Raimi's car. It's just like this old beater car, you know, that's there. You mean Bruce Campbell? What? Bruce Campbell's car? No, remember Sam Raimi has his car in every movie that he's directed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually did not know well, that. I mean, yeah, it was like it was on a trivia when we did one of our episodes on Sam Raimi. Oh, damn. I don't remember that. He was dragging me to hell episode that his car is in every one of his movies. Let's talk about some of these kills. About some of these kills? Yeah. Yeah. Like this whole movie, I was like under the covers. Like, <laughs> Brooke had to get his five foot two girlfriend to come hold him on the couch while he watched it. Um, accurate. accurate. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I watched uh, the remake, I I watched it in broad daylight because I remember, you know, its tagline was like the scariest film you're you're gonna ever gonna see or whatever. Um, yeah. And I truly believed it. I mean, I truly believe this was going to be like the, maybe not the scariest, but definitely the goriest movie I've ever seen. And it certainly, definitely gets up there in the gore factor of it. Um, mm -hmm. But these kills, these kills are so fucked up. They're in yeah, they they're are. super innovative too. Like they're they're not kills that you see in movies. No, uh, the one that gets me is. Uh, olivia's death yeah that's the one that always gets yeah. me yeah and that's the one i kind of always like have her to turn death or... not the death i guess everything leading up to it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that like she's no you got that glass shard and she's cutting her cheek off so, oh. yeah it's that's terrible. another thing i like about the remake too is because in the book it it shows what's going to happen but you're still shocked as hell when it actually does happen mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that too because like Eric keeps like flipping back to the page of like he sees Mia uh, in the shower with the boiling hot water and then he goes to the book and it says something about boiling hot water and then there's a picture in the book about uh, someone cutting their face off with a knife mm -hmm. and it's Olivia cutting her cheek off with the glass shard. Yeah, a lot of foreshadowing and it's one of the <clears throat> one of those things like even in Midsummer where it gave you all the foreshadowing as to how the movie was going to play out. And you still just sat yeah. there in awe and shock uh, yeah. when it happened, because like we said, it just showed simple pictures with uh, the um, descriptions of what was happening in those pictures, like a girl pouring boiling water on herself. Well, she was in the shower, literally like boiling her, the skin off of her, uh, that was that was yes. kind of gringy, but not like overly shocking. But like the cutting off of the face, so you were waiting for somebody to sit there and cut off her face. No, 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 she wasn't cutting off her face. She was literally like turning turning herself yeah. into Heath Ledger's The Joker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was. It was. Oh. 
disgusting. Like as soon as Eric goes in the bathroom and it's dark and you just hear the noises that's happening, you know what's happening. You don't want to see it, see the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brooke, towards the end of this scene, uh, I wanted to ask you what you thought about it. Well, I mean, you know exactly what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it may it may or not be in my my uh, scariest scene, but okay. Um, yeah, like she just has a needle and just starts fucking uh... stabbing him, and then he's like putting his hand up, is going through his hand. She's stabbing through his glasses into his eye. It's like fuck. No. And he pulls that broken needle out from like right underneath his eye. I couldn't watch that scene. Oh man. no, it was oh. oh, it was the way the skin pulls whenever he's pulling mm-hmm. it out. Oh, it had it had saw two vibes. Yes, yeah. where they she Absolutely. fell into the pit of needles, and I yeah. I remember being in the movie theater and that scene came uh, came up and I'm just like oh my god that's a pit of needles that's a pit of needles. She falls into the pit of needles. I like nearly vomited in the middle of the theater. I cannot. Yeah. I mean, I, I have tattoos. I can get shots just fine, but needles creep me the fuck out. Yeah. 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 Needles and eyeballs. Not a good combo <laughs> for me. <laughs> how do you feel? Uh, you know, speaking of eyeballs, how do you feel about? Uh, did you ever see that movie, Minority Report? Oh, it's yeah. been a very. Long you know what scene I'm talking about, Mark? Right? Yeah, I know. He's chasing the eyeballs down the ramp. (laughs) Nope. I can't do that. That's disgusting. (laughs) Oh, actually, speaking of eyeballs, how about from uh, The Evil Dead 2, whenever... (laughs) I was just thinking of that one. (laughs) The demon's like in the the cellar and they slam the door on it and then slam it even more and the eyeball spits out into uh <laughs> into the mouth like Annie's <laughs> mouth yeah nope <laughs> gross uh, in perfect Sam Raimi fashion with an eyeball popping out of a head yeah yeah that happened and dragged me to hell too oh yeah yeah you gotta love these little director touches that they always have to stick into their movies yeah 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 but yeah I mean <clears throat> the kills in the remake are obviously like 20 times better than they are in the original. Yeah. I mean, the gore factor alone just kicks it right up to 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the scene that always gets me, <clears throat> like, I don't mind watching something like getting stabbed or cut, but I don't like when they do that, like slow cut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like in, we when we did uh, Lords of Chaos, like that was the one scene that got me was whenever what's his face was like cutting his arm and it was just like a, a slow cut. Yeah. So anyways, the scene in this one that got me was with that fucking box cutter on her toe. Oh yeah. 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 It licks yeah. the box cutter. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it just like it makes your legs and like arms just fucking clench right up. Yeah. Yeah, like there's like two movies that have box cutters in them, and I both hate the, to watch them. Is this one in Green Room? Yes. And both very hard to watch. Like, yeah, yeah, the scene in Green Room is terrible. Doesn't, and I, I'm, I might, I might be just getting all my scenes mixed up here. Doesn't um, one of the girls in Terrifier use a box cutter when she's in the warehouse trying to run from Art the Clown? I could be wrong. 
Yes. No, I think you're right. Yeah, because Art the Clown grabs it and then like cuts her ankle. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of movies with box cutters, and that all of a sudden popped into my head. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Disgusting movie. But, uh... That's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Whenever um, uh, me is like in the cellar, and then the girlfriend uh, Natalie like opens it and then Mia starts talking like normally, like, why would you put me down here? And then like shit just turns <laughs> the stairs break and you're like, holy fuck, get the hell out of there. <laughs> get out, get out. And what she's trying doing? to get out. And then she, fi- she finally does get out and then she gets pulled into the cellar with Mia. Yeah. And then like, not just after she cuts her tongue on the box cutter, she starts like going up her leg and then like, starts yeah. like, making it with her is like oh man that's fucking gross she got a little two-tongue thing going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah just split some yeah Ugh. what's your favorite kill in the in the remake both years Ooh, that's a tough one uh um, i about to say go ahead Brooke. i'm gonna jump <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna jump ahead kind of a little not spoiler but we'll get to it eventually but the very end kill, whenever Mia kills her like demon self with the chainsaw, mm-hmm. just like splits her in half. I thought that was pretty cool. Do you see that as an homage to the Evil Dead Two? Because yes. whenever yeah. Ash gets the chainsaw, it like kind of goes through the headless corpse's body for a little yeah. bit. I I can definitely see that as an homage. Yeah. Um. Ah, that's it's so hard to pick. They're all kick-ass kills. I can't pick one. I can't. can't no. Pick one. Hmm. What are you, Mark? Uh, I kind of like Eric's kill. Like either which... either his. Like when he when he dies, like with the nail gun. Yeah, yeah. Either that or whenever he kills Olivia, I like Olivia's kill a lot. Yeah, I mean that scene fucks you up. It, but... That's a disgusting scene. Yeah, if I had to choose one, it would definitely be Olivia's. That is just a completely messed up scene. Yeah, yeah. I like. Um... Natalie's too, because she like she cuts her arm off with the fucking electric meat slicer. <laughs> that yeah. whole scene is so yeah. terrifying, hard to watch because Mia, it's like a throwback to the old Evil Dead movie. Whenever yes. she's looking through the the cellar, and she her Natalie's arms getting infected, and Mia's like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't cut your arm!" She's like trying to get in her head like. Yeah. She wants her to do it, but she's telling her not to do it. Now it's just like, fuck you. And then she starts cutting her arm off. And oh, man. And Mia like screams like she's pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Every scene that Mia, I'm going to talk about it later on, but every scene that Mia is peeking through that cellar mm-hmm. door, like just creeps me the fuck out. Cause she did like Jane Levy. This and another thing that Jane Levy did perfectly was that whole scene. Like every scene that she's doing that. It's so creepy. 
and like the way that she's talking and like the, the body movements and stuff like that like she's twitching around a lot while she's doing it yeah like all those scenes fuck me up mm-hmm. just super creepy and they just kind of stick with you when you're laying in bed at night those are the scenes that are going to haunt you the most it's just eyes yeah. peering <laughs> through a cellar door yeah <laughs> it's not the kills I'm glad I don't have it's them. not the kills Um, do you think that grandpa was actually killed by Mia? Like when they do that little flashback, do you think that that actually happened? No. I think it it was possessed Mia, I think. No? You think so? Somebody killed the dog. Yeah, someone did. But I think it I and I could be just completely off base here. I think this was some sort of weird kind of possession for David where it was planted in his mind that she was responsible for the death of the dog in type mm-hmm. situation. And then that's where, uh, that's where, you know, that whole storyline goes after that. I, I'm not convinced she did it. Who do you think did it then? The demon. I think the dog did it to itself. Okay. Interesting. With a hammer? A possessed dog can do anything. <laughs> okay y'all are looking at me like i'm crazy here <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm trying to I'm not think fully yeah. on board with i'm not fully on board with your theory but i'm not fully disregarding oh no no i mean you you don't have to be on board with it it's really just an off-the-wall yeah. theory because it's something i thought about during the rewatch earlier today is like well mm-hmm. who actually killed the damn dog maybe yeah. david did it and he just doesn't know it because when he sees Grandpa in the tunnel, Grandpa is not dead. But then when he picks him up out of the hole, he's dead. So it's like maybe he did do it. Yeah, maybe he blacked out for a little bit and then... Well, he probably choked him out as he was pulling him up by his fucking <laughs> collar. <True. laughs> hmm. I personally think Mia did it while she was possessed. Like on her way back to the cabin. Probably yeah. the most logical explanation. Because dogs Probably. dogs sense ghosts and demons and shit, so maybe the dog was barking its face off at her and she said, Fuck you, grandpa. And then yeah, maybe. whack. Whack. Poor dog. Yeah. I know, man. I hate seeing animals die in movies. Yeah. Um Do you want to talk about the ending of the remake? Yeah. The ending is just badass. It is. The one complaint I have is I didn't really understand how David came to the conclusion to do that. Like kill her and then revive her with the battery. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Because I guess maybe he's seen like the other people die in the house, and like once they die after they've been possessed, the demon's no longer there. Yeah, like the demon doesn't revive them or anything like that. Like that seems like something that Eric could come up with because he's a teacher, and like I don't know, David just doesn't seem like the smartest guy. Like he doesn't even know that Mia is like a drug addict. Like whenever they tell him, like. Oh, this is more serious than you think. Like she's done this before, and he's like, 
What? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't know how to feel about that at all. I agree with y'all 100%. I don't really feel like David would have been smart enough to realize that this was a good plan. Although, I do have to ask, if he planned on reviving her, why did he bury her? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Well, was... he didn't bury her before he revived her, did he? Yeah. Was that... Did he bury her before he revived her? Yeah, yeah because his... ba- the bag. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the bag was on mm-hmm. her head, and yeah. she was like talking to him when she was still like possessed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then true. just keeps throwing more and more dirt on her. Yeah, face. and then he right, then yeah. he digs her up and uses the uh, battery, and then you know defibrillates whatever. So I don't know, maybe it's just paying homage to the old movies because they they would bury the bodies outside maybe yeah maybe know. it's a symbolic thing you know like hey i'm killing her stuff like that and then you know he kind of kind of unearth her and kind of like a rebirth almost uh, i it's yeah, symbolic yeah. of a rebirth <clears throat> yeah, we'll yeah i mean uh have y'all ever seen that uh show on netflix um the chilling adventures of sabrina i watched like the first couple episodes i never watched all of it's it, all right I have. I heard it was better than people expected. It, it, was. it really was better. It's you know, it's not your Sabrina the Teenage Witch that we all grew up watching, but uh, yeah, it, it's really good. But what makes me think of that is that uh, that's actually one of the things that uh, Sabrina's aunts do in their garden is they'll kill each other, bury them in the bury the person in the garden, and then the person's revived from the garden. So that's what really what made me think of that. Um, so yeah, maybe that was just a symbolic thing, uh, a rebirth. You know, I've I've killed her, so when she comes back, the demon's going to be gone, and she's going to be cured of her addiction. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like that. Theory. That's a beautiful thing about movies. It leaves us to kind of fill in a lot of the blanks. You don't want a movie that's going to give you every single answer to every single question. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to just be dull as fuck so when we can sit here and come up with these wild theories to explain things (laughs) that's what makes movies fascinating because we can each come up with a different idea and each of them can be plausible like the dog killed itself sorry i had to bring that back (laughs) but the um i i can see that yeah i agree that that's probably the one thing in the ending scene that was just like questionable but everything else spot on oh amazing absolutely amazing the one scene that was probably the hardest for me to like watch and like most cringy for me was whenever Mia's crawling through like little like space in between yes. the walls and that machete comes through and just slices her kneecap slowly oh fuck <laughs> that <laughs> fuck that oh my they God. did so well with that too because like it slices in really quick and then the demon like pulls it out slowly and oh. you can see like her flesh moving with the knife and it's just like oh my god that was one of the harder scenes to watch i think yeah i agree with you on that yeah yeah you know when we're talking about the those types of scenes and everything like that they didn't achieve that cgi i remember reading an article somewhere where um Federico, we'll call him that since I don't know actually how to say his name. <laughs> Fetty, Fetty, Fetty Wap. Um, 
<laughs> Fetty, uh, uh, he's got he's got a background in CGI, so that's what he's like well known for in the industry is that he does a uh, uh, good special effects work. Well, he decided he wanted to do more practical effects, you know, in the spirit of Sam Raimi here. So a lot of the CGI that you see in the film was done in post production, just you know, clean things up and think so. That yeah. kneecap being sliced, that was something practical they had to achieve. Um, everything, like the the makeup work with Olivia and her face, that's practical effects and stuff like that. And that mm. makes it even more gross and disturbing. Yeah. yeah. And how many gallons of 100%. blood did they go through for that final scene? I was literally just about to bring that up too. Like, didn't this break the record for the most gallons of blood in a movie i think i think it beat out the shining i think the shining yeah. was the one that had the record but yeah. then i think didn't it chapter two just take that spot i think possibly yeah i think so Something yeah like that. i can yeah. believe that yeah how much so how many but how yeah, many gallons that, was it uh let me look i thought i read it somewhere but yeah I that ending ending scene was just nuts it was insane. It was everything you would want in an ending scene. Just like the beginning, the beginning sequence and scene just grabs a hold of you and keeps you there and makes you wanting more. You want to get to the end. It's the same thing with the end. She's like, you almost didn't want it to end. I no. wanted it to keep going no. because I was just like, this movie has just been I... so badass from the start to this point. And that ending gave you such, such a show, such a finale. Yeah. Yeah. It's only an hour and a half long, and like I would have been happy to see it two hours. Yes. That's what I was thinking, too. It's insane. Yeah. Um, according to reports in the press, the film used 70,000 gallons of fake blood, but in an interview, Alvarez said that they used 50,000 gallons. That's a lot. Just in that final scene. That's a lot of blood. That's not the yeah. whole movie. Well, Damn. Gotta make it rain blood. That, that requires a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pouring rain. Disgusting. Oh, you know, that's something I actually wanted to talk about <laughs> with Evil Dead 2. Uh so in the scenes where they're being like sprayed with blood or spewed on with blood or any kind of fluid or anything like that. Did you notice that while the spray was happening, yeah, they're being drenched and everything, but as soon as it was over, they came out of it like, oh, maybe they just got hit with a little bit of mud or something like that. What what was going on there? <laughs> it was like yeah. filming the scene the next yeah. day, the rest of the scene. Yeah. Oh, let me go take a shower, blah, 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 grab some lunch. <laughs> we'll come back and we'll continue <laughs> shooting. Uh, oh, by the way, makeup person, I don't want to be drenched in blood anymore. So do your best. <laughs> kind of. It, I kept noticing it after every single time they did it. And I'm just like that. Uh, it was bothering me. It reminds me of like that one piece of trivia that we read in uh, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the original. The characters would go back. They would need to like, I forget what it was. They would need to sit in the back of the truck to go back to their hotels or something because they were just so covered in like filth and fake blood and shit. So like this movie reminds me of that. Yeah. Because she is just covered in it. Oh, yeah. And that whole end, like the very, very end scene when she's walking down the road, like that is, like that scene took me back to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where she's walking down the road by herself. Mm -hmm. 
Like I know in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, she's got Leatherface chasing her, but it just it, it, just the scenery reminded me of it. Well, I, I guess yeah. in this way, she still has something chasing her because she doesn't know that the uh, the book is still intact and that there's yeah. the possibility that the demon is still out there and could be you know, waiting to possess her and like stalking her through the woods. So it, you can go with that Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque vibe going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever the uh, demon characters change like their voices into the normal selves, do you think that the person is back to being themselves? Like, do you think they feel everything? Because that one scene when Natalie, when David shoots her other arm off and she just turns around and is like, David, why are you doing this to me? It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Imagine how much pain you'd be in. You're missing both arms. Yeah. You got nails in your head. <laughs> no, I think I think they're fully possessed the entire time. There might be a little yeah. something of the original person in there, uh, but uh, I think that's just the full possessed. That's the demon you're hearing talking and stuff like that because they're trying to pander to your emotional side, that hum- human side. Like, why are you doing this to me, Daddy? Please don't do this. Yeah. You know, that's emotional. Well, and Mia does it at Mia does it at one point too with mm-hmm. David. She says, like, um, why do you hate me, David? Blah, blah, blah. And there's one scene, too, where he's about to light the cellar on fire. And she starts singing a song from their childhood yeah. or whatever. And it makes him, like, uh, not do it. Yeah. It causes that hesitation. And that's exactly what the demon needs. They need that one moment of hesitation because that's part of the game plan. And it gives them the power to take the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's doing it. Mia's doing it too while he's burying mm-hmm. her. But this time he has the strength he's... to go through with it. Yeah. Yeah. But how hard would that be? To bury your own sister? Well, no, but like you have that that inkling of a thought in the back of your mind, like, fuck, this is my sister. Like while they're talking, like while she's talking normally. Like that thought in your mind, like maybe she's fine right now and I'm burying her for no reason. That is definitely a mind. Yeah, that'd be really hard. Yeah. Like I'm an only child, but Brooke, I know you have siblings. Um, No, like it, it would be very difficult. Like, I don't think I'd be able to bury her. I think I just get, yeah, it's tough, man. Mm -hmm. Depends at this particular moment. Am I pissed off at my brother? (laughs) (laughs) uh question for you guys whenever mia has her hand pinned into the jeep would you rip your hand off or would you say fuck it don't get me demon (laughs) i would have found a way to get that chainsaw i would have i would have died trying to get the chainsaw I'll say that. I can agree with that. I I don't know if I would have been able to go through with the whole ripping off my hand thing. I no. think it, it would just come to that point. Like, if I couldn't get the chainsaw, I'd be like, all right, this is how it ends. Take me now. Yeah. Or another thing I was thinking about, too, during that scene is it's pissing down rain or blood, whatever. So the ground is muddy and probably easy to dig a bit of a hole where you could kind of dig your arm out. That takes too much time. She's trying to get away from this demon. All right. 
You think that takes more time? Than <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She did it pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> she did. Yeah. I mean, I feel like half the work. Yeah, I know. Once the uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, she probably could have dug herself out, but in that moment, I guess she just wasn't thinking clearly. She's. It's one of those yeah. uh, fight or flight situations. She's. She's yeah. got to either figure out a way to get out of there, or she's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? What would you do? Oh no, I'd just say, "Fuck, take me to hell." <laughs> Drag me to hell? <laughs> do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there any other scenes that you wanted to talk about, Chuck? Uh no, not really. Uh, I feel like we have torn these scenes apart. Um. Mm-hmm. I know we've spent more time talking about uh, Evil Dead 2013 versus uh, Evil Dead 2, but you know, both both have scenes that uh, scenes or sequences that stand out um, for their individual movies and stuff like that. And again, I love the way that everything pays homage to each other. So there's always going to be something you see, whether it's uh, in the original Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, or the remake of Evil Dead. You're going to have those things that connect the entire uh, franchise, uh, I almost said universe together, uh, the entire franchise together, and you know that you're watching an Evil Dead movie, and you know who's involved yeah. with it. you got those little Sam Raimi uh, quirks in it. Um, I mean, Bruce Campbell even produced this, uh, helped produce the 2013 movie, so, you know, um, I don't know really if you could see any Bruce Campbell quirks in it but you know homages to him and his character ash with the chainsaw and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i yeah i i don't think i could tear apart these scenes any further all right cool i got uh, one big question for both of you who who uh, is ash in 2013 david or mia mia you yes. think so yeah yeah, yeah i say mia even though David does most of like the killing and the work throughout the movie, you still think Mia? I've, I'm going to say Mia because Mia is on a path of not discovery, but she she's trying to find herself. Obviously, she's lost. She's a drug addict. She's trying to uh, clean up her life and things like that. So even through the demonic possessions, and no, she doesn't play a first-hand um, yeah, she doesn't play firsthand into a lot of the plot line. She is the ash of this because in the end, it's going to take her to end the story, to stop what's happening. And mm-hmm. you saw that, and that yeah. was the final scene. She she takes up that chainsaw. She became Ash. Um, David yeah. got to play a lot of the part himself, but he was never destined to be that. Yeah. She kind of plays like a mixture of like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 Ash because Ash and Evil Dead 2 does like get possessed at like one point in the Mm -hmm. movie as well. A few times throughout the movie. Uh, Towards the beginning and then uh, towards the end he also gets possessed. Yeah. Yeah. I went ahead and put on Evil Dead 2 in the background here so I'm just kind of glancing over (laughs) that now. I liked his possession in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. I liked how crazy they made him look. I found he looked like uh, 
Dorian from the mask, like after he puts the mask on, <laughs> like Jim Jim Carrey's mask. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> That's funny. Like he's got that like facial structure. Mm-hmm. I found. Yeah. The high cheekbones, yeah. the sunken eyes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because that one uh, scene where he's like fighting himself in the kitchen reminded me of me myself and Irene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Chuck, do you want to go first with the Evil Dead 2 story and quality ratings? I can try. Let me pull up my notes real quick. I guess I should have been a little bit more prepared. <clears throat> That's okay. Remind me, are these uh, one, uh, one uh, out of 10 or out of 5? Out of Good 10, time. thank you. That's what I thought. Um, so for Evil Dead 2, uh, story and quality, for story, I gave it a five okay. and I feel like it would have been a lot higher had they not done what they did at the beginning of the movie because that that just again it threw me off I actually had to stop about 10 minutes into the movie I'm like am I watching the right fucking movie here um <laughs> this made absolutely zero sense to me but I I do like um I do like some of the story where you know the just a little bit of the backstory behind the book of the dead, the pages, um, things like that. Uh, there, it's nothing that's absolutely amazing out outstanding or anything like that. It keeps you, Oh, I just got to the scene where the eyeball spit into the mouth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) there's things like that that are absolutely fantastic, but, uh, just nothing, nothing overall great about the story itself um versus evil dead 2013 i would give that a solid like nine oh i jumped i'm sorry (laughs) i jumped i apologize that's good all right uh what about the quality for evil dead 2 four Okay. Yeah. All right. And I, I, I can't expand on that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah, we've already got, that. we've really kind of done that. <laughs> nice. Nice. How about y'all? Right. What about you, bro? Uh, so me and Chuck are pretty much on the same page for half of that. Um, for my story, I gave a four out of 10. Um, I like how they got like the family of like the original guy that made like the tape. Like you saw him like recording the actual tape, like involved yeah. in the movie. I thought that was cool, but just the whole beginning of the movie, like just cut all that out. Like the whole story with Ash just did not make any sense. Like if it was, this was a movie, like like the original Evil Dead, like if this was Evil Dead One on Evil Dead Two, it would make more sense. But it's like it's supposed to be a sequel, like carrying on from the other one. It just didn't connect properly to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for quality, I actually gave it a seven out of ten. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like once once I got by the god awful opening, like thirty minutes of the movie, I actually really enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Okay. Um, like it's an insanely like hokey, terrible movie, but like if you can turn off your critic's eye, like this is a great great time to watch. Um, 
the last half I enjoyed more than the beginning, yes. obviously. Some cool shots with the camera and the special effects are really well done in it too. For its, for its time. time, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. I can definitely appreciate that. Uh a lot. Uh, you really made me start to sit here and reevaluate. I'm going to stick to my original answer, though. That's my problem, though. Yeah. I look at these movies, and you cannot turn off the the critical side of it. So I'm sitting there, and immediately, even if it's the first time I'm watching a movie, I'm already starting to tear it apart. And it's just this horrible <laughs> habit. So I'm probably missing out on opportunities uh, <coughs> by doing that. Yeah. See, and that's what I had to do with dragging me to hell. Like, because I knew, and I could, I'm just like full disclosure and spoiler alert, I couldn't do it with this movie. But with dragging me to hell, like I could, for whatever reason, I turned off that critical eye and forgot that I was watching it for a podcast and I would have to go through a rating system and whatnot. And I just sat there and I enjoyed it. Whereas the first time I watched it, I was expecting it to be like terrifying, judging by the trailer and the cover art on the movie and everything like that. <clears throat> and I hated it the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Whereas with, and I had this issue with the Evil Dead, like the original one. Whenever we did the episode two, like whenever I watched that, I said to Brooke, because Brooke, you loved it, yeah. or you gave it a high, like a, a pretty well rating. And I was, I, I mentioned in that one, like maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace. But I think I don't like these old school, super hokey horror comedies where, like, I don't know, they focus too much on the comedy. It's almost like the new way, like how Scary Movie did it. Mm-hmm. Like back then, I feel like they weren't trying to make a parody of a horror movie like Scary Movie does, but they had those same, like, over the top, stupid comedic factors. I agree. It felt out of place. Yes, absolutely. And, anyways, I'll get to my ratings. Um, (laughs) I gave the story a four to 10. Uh, yeah, the whole opening scene I found was stupid. I think I would have really enjoyed this movie a lot more if they took out that opening scene and took out the whole character of Ash completely and just stuck to um, that whole family thing and like do it as more of a prequel to why the Book of the Dead was made. Like if they if they made this as a prequel to the Evil Dead, I feel like I maybe would have liked it a little bit more. Um, excuse me, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't get past that opening scene. Like, I just feel like that was arguably one of the worst opening scenes. And then it's followed up by the remake on our episode where that's one of the best opening scenes in a movie, like in a horror movie. Um, but anyways, yeah. And I can agree with everything that you guys say with the story because you like we all pretty much have the same rating for uh, for the story for Evil Dead mm-hmm. too. Um, <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> yeah, uh, the quality I gave it a three out of ten. I feel like I I don't know. I just feel like they could have done more with the three point six million dollar budget that they had. 
like it doesn't look any different than the Evil Dead original movie did on like a fucking fifty thousand dollar budget or however it was a really low budget for the first one and it doesn't look any different i don't think Uh, um no no no, i was just gonna say i agree yeah uh but i mean yeah brooke you brought up some good points in your quality rating but yeah i'm gonna stick to mine regardless but i mean i've watched this twice now in the past what like four months maybe and both times i didn't really have a great time with it and i know that we're gonna get shredded for it and i don't really care that's that's why i don't get like going into it a lot of people like the sequel more than the original evil dead yeah and i just do not understand that at all but you know i guess whatever floats your boat yeah so you like the original one better than the sequel? Yes. Yeah. If if the beginning of this one was any different, I may have liked it more. But just that beginning, just that, got that's awful. exactly it. I mean, yeah. what was the point of the beginning? Why did you have to redo something that was already established? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it, maybe I read somewhere that it came down to rights. Like, they couldn't use the footage from the first film, which makes zero sense. Why? It's still Sam Raimi's movie. Not 100% sure. Let's see if I can find... Let's keep talking. I'll see if I can find that again. But you don't even necessarily need the footage from the first movie. Just, like, pick it off from where it... Yeah. Make Make it, like, a direct, direct sequel. Like how the ending of the first one flows directly into the beginning of the second one. And you easily could have done that the way that they ended the original. Yeah. Because Ash shows up, like he's never been to this cabin before. Whenever it's the exact same one, he was already. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like what Chuck said too. Like you, you start off watching the sequel and it's like, am I watching the right movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like if Bruce Campbell wasn't in it, then people would be fucked right up with it. I can't find where I had read it. Um, no, I can't find it. it may, I just... I remember somebody offering up an explanation as to why it was different, but I honestly, I can't find where I read it anymore. All right. Yeah. That's not good. So with that being said... What did you rate the remake, Chuck? <laughs> um, story, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, fantastic story. It's something that I think we could all be... We could all relate to. I mean, granted, we don't all go through <clears throat> drug addiction or anything like that, but you can easily pluck out the drug addiction stereotype and plug in something else that you are relating to it could be alcoholism it could be anything any demon you know we like to think uh call the things that plague us as humans demons it could be any demon that has uh that you've suffered from or dealt with throughout your life and you can easily relate to what's happening out there in the story and it makes everything flow 
beautifully. Uh, like we said earlier, it gives them a very good reason to go out there to that cabin. Whereas in other movies, why the hell are you going to the secluded cabin in the middle of the woods away from everybody? You know, again, hasn't anybody ever seen a horror movie? Um, <laughs> but just the whole the whole flow and then the deaths made sense and how everything was foreshadowed. There wasn't a part in this movie, minus just a few things here and there, like the death of the dog that we can't seem to explain or anything like that, that made me sit there and question the entire... It, it didn't make the entire plot crumble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the only reason it's not getting a solid 10 is... It's just because of the fact that there are those few instances like the dog and stuff like that. You know, I feel like maybe we could have just removed the dog from the whole story. Why was the dog there? Why did the dog need to be there? Was it something familiar? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, does he just not go anywhere without his dog? Uh, but it was kind of just like one of those secondary uh, characters or ideas that just wasn't needed. It added zero value to the story. Yeah. Um. And then quality, just, again, the quality of this movie is absolutely phenomenal. The fact that they were able to achieve all of this through practical effects, very little CGI, it's all so realistic and believable. I believe Olivia cut her damn mouth open uh, and stuff like that. I, I gotta give it a 10. I do. I have to give it the highest rating you could possibly give it. This movie was just so phenomenal on the detail. The yes. They took every dollar given to them and they put it to perfect use. I'm, I'm not going to say anything was yeah. wasted in this movie except for hiring the dog. Um, that's me in a nutshell. Brooke? Uh, so for my story, I gave it 9 out of 10. Um, just so much more was added to the story than the original, which just makes mm. it like make that much more sense. Um, uh, just all around a better story overall. Like you have Mia's character and just every character means something because they all care about Mia in some way. Um, except for like a few parts that we've talked about during our discussion, you know, the ending and like the like the ending scene with um, David bringing her back to life, and like the dog scene, just like those small little scenes that don't take away from the movie that at all. Really, it's just you know we're watching the critics' eye during this this viewing, so you know kind of pick up on those things. Um, so nine out of ten, and then for quality, they got to give it a ten out of ten. Like this is a near perfect movie. Um, the acting, cinematography, the special effects are all amazing. And like people talk about how this is like one of the best remakes ever made. I think if someone has never seen the original movies and they watch this movie, this would be one of the best horror movies ever made. <clears throat> so I think people could watch this without watching the original Evil Dead and still come away with something in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, same scores as Chuck, nine out of ten and a ten out of ten. Are we gonna go three for three here? We are what? actually no joke. Nice. <laughs> That's why you guys have been talking. Do we just steal <laughs> everything you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, I'm in full agreement. Like I gave my story at nine out of ten, and my quality at ten out of ten. There's not much bad that you can say about this movie. If you like horror and you don't mind gore, then you're gonna love this movie. I think, and uh, like. 
like you guys have said, they took the meat and potatoes from the original movie and they just made it a million times better. Like they've, I don't know. Like it's, yeah, it's damn near a perfect movie. And Brooke, you said it best. Like, even if you've never seen the original movies and this is the first one that you've seen out of it, like out of the franchise. Yeah. It's a fucking amazing horror movie as a whole. Like this movie's only an hour and a half long. <clears throat> it is not very often that I want a movie to be two hours long, but I, I I can't get enough of this. I wish that there was an uncut director's edit with an extra 45 minutes onto it. I, I wouldn't even care. I would sit and watch over two hours of this movie if yeah. it was as good of quality as, as what we have. Like, there's a lot of movies where I'll sit and I'll watch them and I'll be distracted and I'll like check my phone every now and then, or I'll do whatever I'll get up and I'll go get a drink or something like that. This one, I was glued to my seat. Every time I've watched it, I've been glued to my seat and my eyes do not lead to TV. Yeah. yeah. Well, well said. <laughs> I, yeah. I, there's really nothing more you can add to that. No. Yeah. Like, Oh, okay, I found it. All right, so I don't know how accurate this is. So uh, it says, often considered to be a remake of The Evil Dead from 1981. However, this is not accurate. The rights to show scenes from the original could not be obtained to recap what happened, so the beginning was remade to explain how Ash got to the cabin. So I, I don't understand this factoid at all. No. No. Was it because it was a different production company than the first one, maybe? Maybe that—that's the only explanation. That yeah, I, can I mean, think of. well, actually, now that you say that, because when I was looking on like IMDb, the one character in it, her name is mm -hmm. Linda, who plays her his girlfriend. I'm pretty sure his girlfriend in front of the original is also named yeah. Linda. But still, like it's yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy that they had to completely redo it, and they, I, I. Again, I think that's where it kind of lost me. I was like, ah, why Why do we have yeah. a completely different yeah. story happening right now? Yeah. They're almost two standalone yeah. movies. Can they even be connected? It is. Yeah. This is not a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. We've got Evil Dead, and then we have <laughs> Evil Dead. Um, What's the little tagline on this one? 1. Yeah. 5. <laughs> Evil Dead 1.5. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are they what are the uh evil dead dead by dawn that's the little tagline underneath it yeah so, yeah you've got evil dead yeah. and then uh, you have yeah, yeah. evil dead dead by dawn and army of darkness they're like just two yeah. separate ideas going on here yeah the evil dead 2 and army of darkness could have been like the yes. franchise and they want they are the franchise because they are connected yeah 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 like you could like, as much as we've said you could take out the beginning part of Evil Dead 2, but, like, realistically, you could take out the entirety of the Evil Dead and just have the Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, and that would be... Yeah, sufficient. I mean, just even drop the Evil yeah. Dead title and just call it Dead by Dawn and Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And th you just completely changed the tone of this movie, and I, my whole rating system would change. Quite honestly, mm -hmm. but Definitely. because we have to take into account that it is a sequel and it does, t it is taking place in the Evil Dead franchise. I, I got to stand by what we originally said. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yep. All right. We have our ratings. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. So, Chuck, what we've been doing with these Spooktober specials is um, I will have you guess the critics mm-hmm. rating and I'll have Brooke guess the audience rating. Unless you've already. I actually haven't. I told myself not to go yeah. look because I knew that this was going to be a thing. <laughs> Perfect. Uh... All right. So for the Evil Dead, the consensus is Evil Dead's two increased special effects and slapstick gore make it as good, if not better, than the original. That sounds like something Ebert so said. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck Ebert. you, Ebert. Um, critics. So what do you think the critics scored? I think among critics, it's going to have a pretty decent rating. Uh, I'll give it a 72 this motherfucker was a 95% certified fresh. Oh, All right. I'm God. out. I'm no longer a movie fan. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye to Chuck goes to the movies. 95. Yeah. Wow. On 60 ratings too. So it's not like it's a low critic rating scale. Like that is a pretty substantial number. Wow. It is. Wow. I would have never, yeah. ever in my life guessed that high. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <sighs> Almost a perfect movie, in their Certified opinion. Certified fresh. Ugh. 95%. They all need to be slapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brooke, what do you think the audience scored it? Ugh. It's, it's got to be around the same score the critics gave it, so... <laughs> Uh, I'd say like an 89. You hit the nail. What? 89? 89% on 148,000 ratings. Yeah. Now, before you gave that, I probably would have guessed like a 78, but yeah. Are people seeing a different movie than we are? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. All right. That's insane. So, like, between the two, we're looking at like a. 92%. Yeah. Basically. Wow. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's I'm wild. Just blown away. Mm-hmm. All right. So for the remake, the consensus, it may lack the absurd humor that underlined the original. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> but the new look, Evil Dead, compensates with brutal terror, gory scenes, and gleefully bloody violence. Chuck, what did those critics rate it? Critics never like a good movie. So... Damn, I'm now I'm second-guessing myself compared to what just happened with Evil Dead 2. Uh, <laughs> let's say... 78. Sixty-two percent. Oh, what the fuck? On two hundred and two ratings. Don't like anything. That's insane. It is. Now, Brooke, what do you think the audience scored it? Oh, I know for sure this is certified fresh because I got the Blu-ray that has the sticker on it. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say ninety-three. Dude, sixty-three percent. What? 
Yeah. What the? And nowhere was it certified fresh. So your sticker's <gasps> wrong. Maybe I don't have the sticker on it. Maybe I just, <laughs> maybe I put the, put it there myself. You got maybe. some knockoff cock. That's like ins- yeah. Fuck these critics. I'm putting the fucking <laughs> tomato on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I don't get it, man. Like, how is this rated lower by both and by a significant amount than the Evil Dead 2? How? Because I feel like whenever the 2013 one came out, people were shocked at how good it was. Yeah. I I don't feel like the right people were offering up critiques here. Yeah. Well... I mean, there's 77,000 ratings for the remake. I don't know. You know I, I, I kind of just get this feeling. I'm not trying to knock the ratings. I mean, they are obviously what they are. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like a restaurant. You want to look up a restaurant's rating on yeah. the Internet. What are you going to get? You're going to get a lot of bad reviews. You're not going to see – you're going to see a lot more bad versus – good nowadays and stuff like that and that always kills a restaurant score and stuff like that so i kind of feel that's kind of the same thing here there are the there were just enough people not impressed by this movie leaving more reviews than people who were actually impressed by it yeah oh I, i'm just i'm really i'm literally grasping at straws here because i just don't understand how people don't like this movie i mean we all gave it 19 out of 20 so <laughs> like what's that I like a 96%, 97, 97 it would be. Yeah, like even on IMDb, the the remake is a lower rating than Evil Dead 2. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, I think on IMDb, Evil Dead 2 was like a 7.8 or something. Yeah. And the remake was like a 6.6 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's stupid. That's insane. People are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys want to head over to the scare section, or do you want to keep bitching about the critics? Let's, scores? Move. <laughs> Let's move past it. All right. Um, Brooke. Yes. Well, did you rate the original on scare rating for evil dead two? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not the original. Uh, scare rating. I gave a two out of 10. Um, it's not scary at all, but some of like the monsters and the effects are really cool looking. I thought, um, but yeah, not, not too scary. The, the gore wasn't like, there wasn't that many kills I found in this movie. Um, but like the effects were really cool. I thought. Yeah. All right. And what about the remake? The remake, I gave it a ten out of ten on the scare rating. Damn. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like I have a hard time watching this one. Like I'm not like a gory guy. Like I don't seek it out. But I just I cannot get enough of this movie. Like I have a hard time watching it in a good way. Like <laughs> every every scene and like kill, you're just like cringed up in your blanket you know fuck it's uh yeah just like the goreness and it, even like the way that jane levy acts in it just terrifying like when she's possessed like in the cellar just everything about this movie is scary 
Yeah. All right, cool. What about you, Chuck? Uh, well, I'm going to have to agree with Brooke on uh, Evil Dead 2 here. I gave it a 2. It's not scary. It's got its moments, you know, little jumps here and there. But it's more of a comedy than anything. you got to appreciate the mm-hmm. humor they tried it with it. Uh, versus Evil Dead, the remake. I, I, I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10. I know it's I, we gave it a, I gave it a perfect score as far as quality goes. But it's like as far as scaring me... Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. It had a lot of great scares in it. Um, definitely those moments where you want to kind of turn away. You like you said, hide the blanket or hide your head under the blanket and stuff like that. But this was a this was a lot of gore for me, and gore isn't necessarily scary for me. Um, it's more. Uh, it can be disgusting and stuff like that, and make me want to get sick. But that doesn't scare me per se. Mm-hmm. Cool. Alright, uh, I gave the a- Evil Dead 2 a 3 out of 10. Um, I said some scenes were like creepy or scary, but like the overall comedic undertones throughout the whole movie kind of ruined any true horror experience that you could have had. Um, yeah. Everything was like super over the top and kind of stupid, so that like it almost seemed cartoonish in a sense. <clears throat> like, even whenever. Uh, like the corpse was dancing around in the forest we were talking about earlier. Like it almost reminds me of a scene from uh, the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> it has that kind of feel to it, the way that she was moving around and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't find it overly scary at all. Um, the remake, I also gave an eight out of 10, like Chuck. Uh, the setting was like super creepy and scary. The gore factor was through the fucking roof. Um, very realistic kills. Um, Mia, well, Jane Levy did an incredible job mm-hmm. uh, playing the possessed character. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, she, if you didn't have her in this movie, it would have been a much different movie for not only quality, but also for that scare factor. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she yeah. killed it. No <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brooke, what was your scariest scenes? My scariest scene for Evil Dead 2 was the uh, demon tree at the end. Um, I thought it wasn't necessarily scary. Just I thought that the effects for that they did like really well because like it's an actual like giant ass hand that they made to come through and grab um bruce campbell and like just like the work that goes into that one fucking monster is just like you appreciate so much yeah so i gotta go with that scene for that one all right and then for the 2013 remake, I mean, I could pick the whole movie, but <laughs> I got to go with uh, the needle scene whenever Eric gets stabbed with the needle like multiple times and she is stabbing repeatedly in the face and breaking his glasses. Then he pulls the needle out of his eye. It's just, uh, no, that's that's it for me. Yeah. All right. What about you, Chuck? Uh, for Evil Dead 2, I would probably have to say the scariest scene if I had to pick one. Um, it's just the whole, uh, the, uh, the body 
right there at the beginning with uh you know linda's body her headless body dancing around out there in the woods as comedic as it is and as silly as it is it is kind of creepy you have to admit i mean what would you do if you Mm -hmm. looked out the window and you saw that happening uh so (laughs) that uh, to me that was probably the creepiest thing about the whole movie so that would be my scariest scene and for the remake I would have I agree with Brooke wholeheartedly on this one. There's just so many things that would scare you and did scare me, but the <clears throat> the, the whole thought of that needle, it just oh, saw two man, saw yeah. two. <laughs> All right, uh, for the Evil Dead two, I I put well I put two for both actually, um, the dancing corpse scene for sure. And I said the laughing scene too, where it's like just two minutes of Bruce Campbell <laughs> and a fucking deer head mounted on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I don't know, like it wasn't scary at all, but like the deer head was kind of fucking weird and creepy. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but like every time I walk into somebody's house and they have a deer head mounted on the wall, like I'm just waiting for it to like follow me across the room. Like just the head turn kind of thing i've watched too many possession movies where shit like that's happened but yeah (laughs) that's exactly why i don't like dolls or like mannequins or anything like that because they follow you their eyes follow you i swear (laughs) to god especially those porcelain dolls agreed uh for the remake i said well it's basically the same scene as you guys but i said olivia cutting her face off that yeah. did it for me more than the needles did. Um, and anytime Mia is like creeping through that trap door, like the way that she just carries herself through those scenes is insanely mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. Again, Jane Levy did an incredible job. Killed it. All right, Brooke, would you survive? <laughs> uh, I put no for both movies. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, the first movie, I mean, it, it. Evil Dead 2, like, there's no way to get out of where they are. Like, we didn't really talk about it, but, like, the bridge is completely gone. Looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie. And then, like, they pay uh, Jake and Bobby Jane, like, 100 bucks for, like, a secret trail. It's like, how do you even get across the giant gap that's there? This convenient trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second one, there's no fucking way I would survive that movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Not really an explanation for those ones, but yeah, definitely wouldn't survive. All right, cool. What about you, Chuck? All right, so with Evil Dead 2, I don't think I would survive. I agree with Brooke wholeheartedly. That is like a no-win scenario unless you happen to get sucked into that vortex and, you know, go through time with uh, Ash. But uh, I would like to say that I would at least survive until the final act, and then I'll be gone, Um, you know. Yeah. But with Evil Dead, the remake, that's a different story. There's no way I would survive. And knowing me, I'd probably be... I'm not going to be the guy reading from the book, but I'll probably be the first damn victim. So, <laughs> no, there's no way I'm surviving. Yeah, I I said no to both movies, too. I mean, you guys have already hit the explanations. Um, I don't fuck with deadites or possessions. So, yeah. <laughs> 
And like I said previously, I'd be the idiot fucking opening that book. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be bringing death upon all of you. Thank you for that. (laughs) No problem. Anytime. (laughs) All right. Um, So, Chuck, what we've been doing, if if we find it hard to do a villain Mm -hmm. face-off, so this episode and the next, or in the last episode that we did, with uh with michael on ringu and the ring it's hard to do a villain face-off with these movies um so we've kind of taken a page from the lads at porcelain peak and we're gonna do some trivia trivia okay so for episode on the ring it was brooke being the trivia master and it was michael and i going against each other so tonight i'm going to be the trivia master and it'll be you and Brooke. All right, I go ahead and concede because he's probably going to know more than me. Uh, I don't know. Brooke, Bettina sent me those cards, man. Yeah. Brooke has Trivial Pursuit, the horror edition. (laughs) Love it. And that's what we're we're doing this off of. (laughs) And, uh, man, those some of the questions are fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. I really had to pick and choose which cards I was going to use. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping because I'm recording on my phone right now that I can kind of exit out of this and still be able to use it. So just bear with me one sec. All right. Who wants, uh, Chuck, you're the guest. So we'll let you go first. Goody. Okay. What is the surname of the doctor with which Dr. Frankenstein is forced to work with in the bride of Frankenstein, 1935? Oh, um, I have no idea. No clue. All right. Uh, Pretorius is the uh, answer. Did you know that? Did you know that? Or we're going to go. No, I probably would have guessed like Igor or something. <laughs> I would have guessed Igor too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to do first one to five. I forgot okay. to mention that as well. <clears throat> All right. So Brooke. In Slither 2006, the parasite that infects Grant Grant is what kind of creature? Uh, a worm? Oh, we're looking for extraterrestrial. Oh, I was going to say that. Why couldn't I get that All question? Right. All right. But, I mean, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, it's like a worm, <laughs> like a worm alien. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chuck. At the end of The Invisible Man, 1933, not to be mistaken with Damn. the episode that you just <laughs> <laughs> What form is the dead Dr. Jack Griffin in? His visible form or his invisible form? He's in his invisible form. False. He's in his visible form. Yeah. All right, Brooke. In paranormal, uh, sorry, Paranormal Activity Four from 2012, Wyatt Nelson is revealed to be what character from Paranormal Activity Two from 2010? The one movie I haven't watched out of that franchise. (laughs) Um, Is it uh, a husband? No. No. Well, I don't know. They're looking for Hunter. Yeah. Ray. Um, 
Hunter was the kid in Paranormal Activity too, the baby. I right. know I was gonna guess that, but I, didn't I couldn't think remember it'd make his any name. Sense. But I was gonna be like the baby, the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, Chuck. What kind of critical reception did Peeping Tom from 1960 receive when released in theaters? Positive or negative? Positive. No. It Come on, that just negative. seemed too obvious. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the negative backlash essentially ended the career of director Michael Powell. Yeah, interesting. Damn. Okay. I think we might finally get a point on the board here. Oh, great! Some <laughs> pressure. Brooke, in Wreck 2007, what you or makes use of what type of filmmaking style? Found footage. Ding ding hey. ding. Good Brooks job. Up one nothing. <laughs> All right, Chuck, I think you can tie this up here. In Jaws 1975, what famous line does police chief Brody say to Quinn upon first seeing the shark? I fucking hate that movie. Um the most famous quote from the movie. I'll know there be a shark. I have no idea. I've I've seen that movie once in my entire life. I don't remember much from it. All right. You're going to need to oh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. I I really should retire from the movie business. <laughs> <laughs> it's only one of the most famous quotes from a movie of all time. Yeah. All right, Brooke. What is the name of the sinister club which kidnaps victims in Hostel? Uh, it's tough. I've, I don't know, like the Americans or something. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the elite hunting yeah, club. Carrie Russell's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My last Chuck. chance to tie this up. Yeah. Yeah. What late night talk show host was Jack Nicholson's famous Here's Johnny line in The Shining in reference Johnny to? Johnny Carson from The Tonight Show. Oh, you got it. Nice. Yeah, that a boy. One one. <laughs> Brooke, if you don't get this, I'm kicking you off the oh, podcast. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> In about 2014 was a spinoff of what 2013 horror film? The Conjuring. Well right. done. You can stick around. You can stick around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck. In what Halloween film from 1978 to 1989 does antagonist Michael Myers not appear? Three. The season of the witch. You got it. I was actually Very just nice. thinking about that movie Very earlier nice. today for some reason. We're all tied up to two. Brooke, what is the name of the American chemical weapon the government releases to combat the creature in the host from 2006? Have not seen that movie. Uh, I don't know. Weapon X. <laughs> nice. Agent Yellow. Weapon X. <laughs> 
I like it. <clears throat> All right, Chuck. Our boy Robbie Robertson is going to come after you if you don't get this one right. In signs from 2002, what is the term for the geometric shapes the Hess family find in the fields of their farm? Crop circles. All right. You got it. So Chuck's now up 3-2. Oh, damn. Brooke, you got to get this one. Okay, you got to stop saying that. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> what trap in the Saw series from 2004 to 2017 appears numerous times, has a timer, and is padlocked to the jaw of the victim? It's the, uh, the bear trap. All right, I'll give it to you. It's, it's called the reverse yeah. bear trap, but I'll give it to you. All right, all right. So we're three three. Woot. Chuck. Yes. For what agency does a friend of the protagonist Chris Washington work for in Get Out from 2017? Wait, wait, I'm sorry, say that again. For what um. agency does a friend of the protagonist Chris Washington work for in Get Out from 2017? <sighs> Oh, I know uh, that one, too. Uh, the CIA. I'm TSA, motherfucker. Oh, that's right. I'm, <laughs> fuck, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Brooke. The Ring 2002 oh, is, is, a re- <laughs> is a remake of a film from which country? China, Korea, or Japan? It's Korea. Really? Dude, come on! <laughs> it's Japan. Oh, oh my God! I'm not even gonna release that episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny! All right, Chuck, are we still three three? Yeah, we're still three. three. Yeah. What is the alias of the serial killer Jamie Gunn? Silence of the Lambs from 1991. I'm sorry, the microphone was kind of breaking up there. Can you repeat that? Oh, yeah. What is the alias of the serial killer Jamie Gum in the Silence oh, of the Lambs from 1991? Um, I know I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, the Skinner? <laughs> Buffalo Bell. <laughs> Well, he wore skin, skin people. Buffalo Bill, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Damn. I need to rewatch that movie. Did you fuck I, me? <laughs> it puts a lotion in the basket. <laughs> All right, Brooke. Name the director of the first two Hostel films from 2005 to 2007, who also appeared as an actor in a Quentin Tarantino film. Well, we just covered his movie. That'd be Eli Roth. Yes, sir. So Brooke is up four three. What is the phrase Wendy finds repeatedly typed on the entire manuscript of her husband Jack in The Shining from nineteen eighty? This question's for Chuck. <laughs> I want to say red rum. No, that's not right. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! I don't know. All makes work and no play boy. makes Jack a dull boy. I feel really stupid once I hear these answers. 
<laughs> you should have heard the fucking questions that Brooke was asking me the other day. Yeah. I had no I had no chance in hell. There you got one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I lost five one. Uh Brooke, in Annabelle Creation from 2017, what is the name of the character that assembles Annabelle at the beginning of the film? Uh Frank, <laughs> doggone it! You're right. Uh, Samuel Mullins. Samuel Mullins. All right. Frank. It's all the same. Yeah. That's right. All right, Chuck. What is the name of the actor that played Doctor Sam Loomis in Halloween from 1970? Donald You got it. That is four four. Nice. Nice. Nice ask you this next question because you've already said that you've never watched the movie so I'll skip ahead <laughs> uh, Abby is revealed to be what type of supernatural being in Let Me In from 2010 Vampire Alright Brooke wins 5-4 Well done sir well done Thank you Unless Chuck Thank wants you. a chance to tie it up <laughs> I will concede <laughs> to Brooke. He is the master. All right. That one question was another one about the host. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. yeah, I haven't seen that either. All right. That concludes the episode. Wow. We had a pretty good discussion about these two movies. I'm just saying. Yeah, we did. We did. Mainly <laughs> the one, but... <laughs> Evil Dead 2 got its... <laughs> fair share compared to evil dead the remake okay so you know they are two completely yeah. different films yeah. and one deserved more discussion than the other i yes. agree wholeheartedly all right chuck do you want to plug your podcast one last time <laughs> uh my show is chuck goes to the movies uh again we just talk about different movies and filmmakers things that uh really have impacted our lives or influenced our love of other movies in any way shape or form i have different guests from all walks of life join me every single episode including uh mark and brooke who have joined me for mad max and i can't wait to have them back on again to uh, talk about other movies and thank you for having me again on your show anytime thanks You're for welcome, coming man. back all right, and as for us, you guys can find us on Instagram at a podcast on Elm Street. If you click the link in our bios, you'll find uh, links to our Patreon account where this month you will be able to find a Patreon-only episode that we're going to drop towards the end of the, towards the, end of the month. Um, there's also links to our Public account where you can find some of our merch if you so wish to buy some. Uh, there's also links to everywhere that you can listen to us. Um, but if you're hearing this and you already know that, uh, Chuck, again, we thank you. We appreciate you coming on and, uh, having a really good discussion about these uh, two man, movies. I love being here. And, I enjoyed watching these films. And of course I enjoy listening to y'all. Y'all talk about some really great stuff and stuff that I've never even heard of before. So a lot of times. So y'all give me names to add to my movie list of things I need to watch perfect nice that's that's something that we try to do right like we like obviously we want to focus on movies that are popular as people but we want to get movies out there that maybe aren't so popular like at the start of this episode we talked about scream 
and how we haven't done that episode yet. Well, I mean, it'll get done eventually, but there's other movies out there that are fucking amazing and people should watch Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we want to give a quick, quick thank you to our Patreons or to our patrons, I should say. Chuck, you are one of them. So I thank am. You very I much. give you all money. Whoa. <laughs> you do. <laughs> nah, I enjoy it, guys. I want to see y'all grow. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, so Josh is another one of our patrons. He's been a long time patron. Thank you very much for everything you've done for us in the, I don't know, past six, seven months, maybe. Um, Jacob and Amara, you guys are fucking awesome. We love you both. Uh, we actually have a new patron, one of our good buddies, Dennis. He uh, signed up earlier in this month, I believe. And uh, I didn't give him a shout out in the last episode, so I'm going to give yep. him one now. Um, Huge childhood friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, fucking solid dude. And uh, lastly is Anthony from Porcelain Peak. He just joined probably about a month ago as well. So really want to give a thank you to oh, him. Oh, isn't that nice? You yeah. have the internet, darling. Yeah. And he was on one of Chuck's episode recently too on the same week that ours dropped with him. Yeah, actually. he's been a busy guy. <laughs> he has. Yeah. He's yeah. not only the internet darling, but he's turned into the internet right. podcast whore <laughs> practice safe recording anthony safe recording (laughs) all right guys that's all we got for tonight thank you again chuck for joining us uh it's getting late brooke needs to go to bed actually chuck you need to go to bed too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i know yeah i gotta get up in six hours but chuck's five hours so (laughs) it's all good It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon again. Thank you. See you next time, guys. Hey, it's Josh from the Horror Movie Crew. I'm going to be joining my buddies, a podcast on Elm Street, to discuss two of my favorite movies. The first one is Halloween from 1978, and the second is Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. You don't want to miss it. Tell all your friends. I'll see you then. I'm out of here. Bye.